0: Blood
1: Talk Radio. It's that time.
0: a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this season. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Rouché. I have a great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Welcome to The Net Live. Holy cow, convention edition. I, I'm covered in stuff. Swag. Swag. That's right. I've got, I've got bolt-colored swag from from Lipscomb University. I've got ASU giving me grief next to me. <laughs> got Carl McGowan around. Chris McGowan around. Got Brandon Rosenthal looking at the pictures here. And believe it or not, <laughs> I know, I know we're in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. In in, in the spirit of Sasquatch. In the spirit of the Loch Ness Monster. The yeti. Things you, said you have never squash. seen. Things are fictional. Reed Pretty is at the show. What? Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. Kent Steffes. He is up north in the trees. <laughs> he is in the forest. He doesn't even know how to get to... Put the mic a little closer. I don't even know why you're yelling right now. Because it's a show. It's exciting. It has to translate through Reed Pretty. If you right. see me in the studio and I'm kind of going, you know, all crazy... You realize on the other side it sounds just about right. We've got Deb Static right here. We've got all kinds of people. I'm going to put her on headset real quick. Yeah, Deb. All right. Deb Static, first time in the studio, even though the studio isn't really in the studio. <laughs> so, okay, thank you for the year. Thank you for being opposite of Brandon. Hey, I think I'm Brandon winning. Grief. Hold on, hold on. I think I'm one. I think I won. Hold on. You were trailing by 10 matches with two to go. How did you win?
2: Because she picked Texas. I have to say, my postseason has not been going so good. Mine I either. might have to give him this one. Mine either.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm finished. Yes. My entire bracket blown up. Redemption. Restored. Redemption. Welcome to the Net Live. This is the convention edition. And we appreciate you being here. We are in the old metal square booth. This brought to you by Court and Spark a volume of Volume documentary. They are the official sponsor of this mentioned broadcast of the Net Live. They are going to debut the movie, Court and Spark, right after this. We will be going hustling from this event right to the debut of Court and Spark. It's going to be an incredible... Uh, opportunity to see a really great volleyball movie. I have seen it. I know none of you have seen it. I have seen a preview of it. It is uh, great. It's the best volleyball documentary that I have seen. Best best volleyball movie that I have seen. But not hard to beat side out. Yeah. You know, here's the deal. I don't know Courtney. She's uh, right there. No, well, I, I, know, I know who she is. But I watched her when she was at Washington. Yes. With the headband. Yes. And yeah she me a headband basically <laughs> i mean that's all I need to see, but honestly, I've seen clips of this, and uh i can't wait uh hashtag can't wait. Hashtag, hashtag can't wait can't wait uh because i think there's you know quite honestly uh people need to know and and i think it's uh as I saw you know little clips and have heard little stories from you and other people is is a pretty cool story and and somebody that i think uh you know, we'll definitely take it to the next level for us. Special convention edition of The Net Live brought to you by Court and Spark, and we are being hosted here in, uh, we call this the GM2 home court? The Players' Lounge. The Players' Lounge of Gold Medal Squared inside the convention. This is where you want to be. We've talked about this every year. If you have been to the convention and you are a volleyball coach, you have not been to Mecca. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have not made the journey to Mecca. You need to come to convention, see the people, to go to the, the party last night,
3: this is Reed's first one.
0: This is Reed's first one. He had no idea that women's volleyball was so big and how, men, how small men's volleyball was. That's the other perspective you will gain. If you're a men's player, coach, personality, you will come here and go, I hate my sport. Reed, my re- sport's a joke. Real quick, Reed. Walking out of the arena last night, you made a comment to us. Just explain it because I think it's a great comment and I think more people need to hear it. When well,
3: we were sitting in the end zone, the uh, USA Volleyball Suite, as it were,
0: in the suite, in the lounge. Great person for a volleyball match. Food and drink, barbecue, wings. It was great. But uh, the fans were, uh, it was a full, well-attended game. And I just said, I hope that I can play in front of a U.S. crowd like (laughs) this one time before I retire. That's all I ask. That's awesome. How how many Olympics have you been to? Three. So here's a three-time Olympian, and he's saying, hey... I mean, it's a credit to what this sport has become, I think. Mm-hmm. And, Reed, I just want you to know that you're, the way you're speaking just now, when it comes to the radio, it will sound like you were half asleep. Okay, sorry. You have to pick it up a notch. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of picking it up a notch, Ben Budipo, look at the shoes. He, he is a convention fixture. Is that purple leather? Did you steal those out of Prince's Closet? Where are those from? Cole Haan? We've got to get you on the headset here. You've been on every convention show we've had. Ben Bodipa Memba, and I can't remember the rest, from Cal. Ben,
1: I made, remember, Bala, Peke <laughs> 35 letters. From
0: Cal. Oh, it is not Cal Berkeley, right? What am I allowed to uh, call you guys? You guys get real touchy about that stuff. I know,
1: and I'm, I, I so don't know. So touchy about I the brand. Is, it's Cal or it's UC Berkeley. Uh, you can say Cal Berkeley. You just don't say it. University
0: of California yeah, Ber- say at say Berkeley. Berkeley. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. I get
1: immediately electrocuted.
0: Yeah, something like that. A, a bear comes and swipes at me.
1: How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. I didn't so, really plan this. Why are you, Great color why are you combo? always the best-dressed guy at convention? <laughs> no, it's, I go one day. One day I look nice, and the rest I'm just looking like, you know, like Brandon. But... Uh,
0: are these are these the Cole Haan shoes that have the uh, the Nike, Nike insoles?
1: Yes. and that's why we're on this. So those are sick. They're like they're like tennis shoes. They're so and they have. Welcome you, to Fashion Week. <laughs> when you have when you find the size 15, yes, that fits. You go and you get it. They
0: look like wingtips, but they have sneaker soles. Exactly. I think we call them like lunar. Somebody take a picture and tweet it out. Get to Got get, get his foot up here I on this the video. Lunar eclipse or something?
3: Yep, the lunar lawn technology. Oh, look
0: at that! Those are sharp.
3: Saw him today at Nordstrom's. Jeremy. There you
0: go. Jeremy was shopping for a shirt and coat so that he could wear it to the Court and Spark documentary premiering this evening. He didn't know it was a red carpet event. Uh, some individual, not to be named, did not mention the fact that it was a red carpet event, the Court and Spark premiere. Sub one. You guys doing well, uh, though? We're good. Doing
1: great. We're good. Right.
0: Congratulations, Christina Higgins. Thank you very much. That's congratulations, why I'm uh, this. Adrian Gihan. Did
1: she get in there as well? Adrian got uh, all Pac-12. She get... Uh, All-American. But, but Higgins did? Higgins did, and Joan Calario. Calario. Our, our, she was an honorable mention. Very uh, good. Yeah. So. You guys weren't the Red Cross crew, and then you were yeah. this year. Yeah. The last three weeks, we uh, kind of went back to our old ways. But we recovered and had a good yeah. match against... uh so we got North Carolina. North Carolina, and then... By my uh, logic, I think we're tied for third in the nation. Since Wisconsin is in the in the championship match and they knocked us out, so tied for third. Tied for third in the nation. That's good for what, you. So I'm going with T three. There you
4: go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. for stopping by again. No worries. Always nice. good, good to hear
0: from, from you. Great. To see this you guys. is the beauty of this show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're here Kevin? at convention. I've got a headset. To hey, I'm trying to promo the show. I don't show, care. I want to talk about
5: how you crushed me in my clothing just for this moment, weekend.
0: Just a moment. Just a moment. We yeah. love this show because the people that will stop by. We're going to have all kinds of folks on the program. Courtney Thompson here in just a second. Uh, she's going to come on headset and talk about her documentary, talk about her experience, talk about how she's a silver medalist. Yeah. And we celebrate, we celebrate silver celebrate medals that here. We celebrate silver medals on the net live. Just so you know. Continue complaining, Jeremy. Oh no, it's not complaining. I travel three hours on plane, get here. Kevin, somehow it comes up where I knew I was coming to your premiere today. And Kevin's like, oh. Which I didn't know. I didn't of, know uh, that, even that part. He never Kevin, told me that part. Kevin's like, oh, did you bring nice clothes? So I was we, like, you don't even have a ticket, Reece. I didn't necessarily coming. bring like a suit and tie. He's like, oh, it's a black tie event. <laughs> those are the words that came out of his mouth. It's a black tie event. Wow,
6: that sounds fancy. Yeah. I don't know. So I didn't, I didn't a bring black tie a tie.
0: Event. So then he but, backed, a black one. He backtracked and said, no, it's you know more like button up. So I had to go shopping today because I brought hoodies because it's 40 degrees outside. Did I provide a a scenario, plan B, that would help you? Yes. You introduced me to your cousin, and three seconds later, I was borrowing clothes from him. Yep. That's how the Tordellas work, buddy. Yeah. We bring you in, and you are in. There's no level one with the Tordellas. You are straight to level 11. No. Now introduce our guest, now that I'm done ranting. Do we have some music? Of course. I need a resume. You don't know her well enough? Hello? Did I mute you? We're sitting in Seattle the hometown stomping grounds of this player who played at UW, dominated, took home a national championship, something they couldn't do last
1: they could have used her.
0: As they got annihilated by Penn State. It wouldn't have happened under her watch. She's gone on to play for the US women's national team. She's gone on to play professionally in eighteen different countries. <laughs> having professional success, having international success. Wondering how she got there. Big part of why the Courtney Spark documentary was put together. She captures the essence. They capture her. They capture the essence of sitting in your apartment by yourself, <laughs> overseas, and you realize you haven't said a word out loud in four hours, and you wonder why that is. Please welcome to the net live Courtney Thompson, oh, Olympic silver you? medalist. I left that off the end. Yeah, Olympic silver medalist you in 2012. Over, All the fans business. applauding right now. <laughs> So, Courtney, let's talk about the documentary first before we get on with more silliness. So, I've seen the documentary. Have you seen the documentary? I have. Okay. These characters not. Don't give away the part with the rocket launcher and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Don't tell them about that part. Okay. But it it seemed to me that it really captured, for me, my own experience, some of the things you said and how it was to be overseas. How did, did Jack and Leslie come to you with this project? How were you approached to do it?
6: Yeah, well, first of all, that that means a lot to me because that was the whole idea. And um, so I grew up playing against their daughter in, okay. in, in volleyball. So they, we've been around each other. We were, um, She was on, like, the rival club team since I was 10. And so they've seen me kind of grow. And, and after the Olympics, um, they, they invited me to lunch and said, hey, we have an idea. And um, John from Puget Sound was there, too, and said, you know, there's such a disconnect in, in volleyball. And, you know, when you were in high school, you might not have known who's on the national team. And so many kids don't know. They don't. Yeah, and, and – or what it's like after college and there's this whole world about playing overseas and, and the wonderful things we get to do and travel and experience and compete and get paid for it and um, we go to the olympics and all that stuff but nobody knows you know the day-to-day life and and the wonderful thing comes from that but also the the really big challenges and it's, yeah. it's a unique gnarly lifestyle they can um i don't know so that was their idea and they're from seattle i'm from seattle and they said you know we don't want it to be totally about you but we want you to tell the story of your teammates and what you guys do and how you live and so that was kind of the idea and and for me i'm a huge sports fan a huge nerd and if i was in eighth grade and and this had come out i would wish it night, you know and, and there was a tennessee basketball pat summit did a documentary and it showed them like working out at 5 a.m and what they ate and they were getting like recovery smoothies, and and honestly, God, that's the reason I you got up early. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my whole high school, I got up to work out before school, and I, you know, drink a protein shake. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, <laughs> Mom, the, the college girls do it, and so, you know, if it's that thing, if you can make a difference, and I've I've felt so fortunate to get to do what I get to do and played with and for so many great people, um, to be able to pass that on, and hopefully we can fire up kids about volleyball.
0: It had to be great to have some company. They, they oh my They stayed with you, and you, you guys have, have, yeah. I was say you have no around. idea. But you do have an yeah, idea. Yeah.
6: <laughs> I was in the middle of Łódź, Poland, which is like a small city. It's
0: spelled yeah. Lodz. Yeah, L O D Z.
6: Yeah, actually, I told everyone, you know, in the national, like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm playing in Lodz
1: <laughs>
6: for like a week, and then one of the older girls was like, yeah, I think it's Łódź. I don't think that's how you say it. I was like, oh right, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was. There and They came in January, which is tough. You know, after the holidays, it's kind of, you're excited and maybe you get to go home, and then it's kind of the, the winter. Especially in Poland, it was gnarly. So, yeah, uh, Brett came, their son, and he's like a video guy, and Jack and Leslie, and so it was fun. I got to hang out with some Americans and speak English.
0: And for those that don't know, Jack and Leslie, they are documentary or documentarians, documentary <laughs> filmmakers. Yeah. This is what they do for a living, but their passion yeah. is volleyball. For me, it it was finally a blending of someone that was a professional at that aspect of it, the film side of things, along with volleyball. So many times we have volleyball people who don't have the expertise in video or, or picture production yeah. or whatever, and the stuff that gets produced is a little silly. Yeah. This, to me, the, the beauty of it is what impressed me, was what they had put into it on the technical side of things.
6: Absolutely, and you, you can see it when you watch a documentary and... and uh I was gonna talk about a part, but I don't know if we're you supposed can to. You talk about do one that. part,
0: yeah. We can talk about
1: one part. Well,
6: they—they're just showing, you know. They got this new slow-mo camera. They—they're they're really into. Oh, they got the like, oh, oh, <laughs> new camera. It was a new toy. So they were all fired up when they came to Poland, and um, it was cool though. When you—they talked about it a lot. Now I, I had no idea what that meant really. I was like, well, yeah, it's slow motion. That would be cool. But they show the game and they show kids playing all the way through, you know, the Olympic level and. Uh, just movements of volleyball. And he's got cool music in the background. It's, I don't know. They, You can see their passion for the game, and and they understand the sport, so they know the questions to ask. And they know, you know, a lot of it, too, is what parents deal with and, and, and things that kids deal with, which are, you know, the same things that Olympic athletes deal with and college athletes deal with. Right. Um, and so that, that was nice. You know, that we're all in this together, and it's, uh, you know, we're all learning, I guess.
0: Now, we mentioned in your introduction as you were coming on that we celebrate silver medals here on the net <laughs> I we appreciate do. That. We do. We celebrate April Ross, Jen Casey, their <laughs> silver medals. We celebrated your previous silver medal effort with the 2018 team, with that group, with, with your team. And now 2012, you are a silver medalist. But tell me about coming to terms with celebrating a silver medal can you do it now? Have you done it? Was there a moment afterwards, after the pain of the loss, yeah. where you realized, I still have this thing? How long did that kind of malaise of silver, because we always see it on the metal stand, right. how long did that malaise last?
6: You know, I, that's a pretty good question, but I don't know, I don't think they're exclusive. For me, they're not. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I'm really careful, too, to not downplay you know how appreciative and how amazing it is to get to go to the Olympics much less win a medal you know and I have a
0: completion certificate two of them
6: (laughs) so that's (laughs) all I have (laughs) celebrate everything here (laughs) (laughs) we don't celebrate (laughs) that here's your piece of paper (laughs) (laughs) congratulations no and I remember one of the most overwhelming feelings I had at the Olympics was just feeling humbled that so many people in the world and in America, would love to be in that position to get a chance to be a part of something like that. So, especially when I talk to kids and or anybody, I I mean it means a whole lot to me and such so work that's in that with our team and individually and my family and um, all the work that our team, the coaching staff, and it represents a lot, you know, and it it means a lot to me and th- and that will never go away. And I've I felt that when they put it on my neck, you know, even though it was 15 minutes after we got it handed to us um, in London, but at the same time, I hope and it hasn't yet, that, that feeling of watching Brazil celebrate and, and the, that disappointment, and it's, uh, it's deep, you know, and, and I, I haven't forgotten what that feels like, and I hope I don't. Yeah. And it's a huge source of motivation for me, and um, cause in, okay, we'll see that. I was gonna... <laughs> give me,
0: give me your, your dissection or your opinion of what happened. You beat Brazil 25-11 in set number one. What happens in the next three sets, when I believe it's 17-20-17, something close to that, in the next three sets, where you guys lose to what What happened between set one and set two?
6: You know, um, game one, I have not thought about this one time. they made a lot of errors, you know, and um, we we felt good. We had a good game plan, and we came out and executed that really well, but they, they gave us a lot of points, and then, I, you know, they turned it around, and we just couldn't quite get our feet on the ground, and we were pushed, and we didn't quite come together enough to, to fight back hard enough, you know, and, yeah. and it seemed like everything we were trying didn't work, um, which is unfortunate to have a match like that, in, you know, and, and we don't feel like we maximize our potential in the moment that it matters most, and that's, that's what it's all about. So for me, there's a lot of unfinished business, and I think our program, we're excited about where we're headed next.
1: And
0: yeah, so let's get to that on, on now and your program today and the women's national team. I, I had said going into 2012 you could have put two teams in the Olympics. Two whole U- U.S. teams could have qualified for the Olympics out of the out of the qualification process, undoubtedly. Now it seems like you could put three teams in there. I just I, you keep seeing the names come in, the talent come in. What is the atmosphere like in this gym with the yeah. amount of talent coming out of college and going into the, the international? Arena? Yeah,
6: it's gnarly. I mean, there's no
0: more roster spots than there used to be.
6: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there the gym right now, especially you know, I was in the I was there in the first summer of the last quad, the four-year cycle, and it's already very different you know and it's it's way more competitive early and we i think we have more systems in place early and uh but there's also i mean so far to go and uh but yeah there's a whole lot of talent for me it's fun i get to set all these incredible hitters and set off these great passers it makes my job really really exciting and um yeah we're we're enjoying it
0: are you guys running faster offenses this
6: uh yeah we're squad? That was, like, the big thing, um, and our main focus this summer was, you know, Karch wants us to play faster than anybody and, and kind of mimic the men's game and, and take it to a new level. And so for for me, it's really fun because I, I love doing that. And it's it's challenging, but in, in all the fun ways. And we've got the hitters and the personnel that do that and kind of gives the setters some freedom to, to push it and go for it. And it's, that's exciting. It's fun to play when you're pushing the envelope like that, as you know. Right.
0: Now, back to the gold medal game. Yeah. I was there watching, cheering you guys on. And what I noticed was that after that first set, you know, you guys had beat them, what, seven times
1: yeah. in a row? No. Yeah. And it was
0: almost like they threw caution to the wind and got really reckless. Yeah. And I think that's what's so hard to stop is when a team just gets reckless. Like, they were just... It wasn't like, I'm going to jump, and I'm going to see something, and I'm going to hit. It was like, I'm going to hit as hard as I can. Yeah. Yeah. And it just happened to go in.
7: Yeah.
0: And I just thought that that was... Uh, that's what's always tough, when you, when you run against a team that you've beat so many times, and now they're just being totally reckless.
6: Absolutely. It's, it, you know, it's, it's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team three times, much less seven. Um, and, yeah, at some point you, just, you have nothing to lose, you know, and, and you just got your butt kicked in game one, and it's like, all right, I'm just going to. And that's what it felt like. I mean, they were taking they were swings that were ridiculous. It was going in, and they were getting touches, and then the digs that they had, I mean, you know, I was in the box most of the time, and I was celebrating, and then all of a sudden they'd come up with it and, and turn it. And once, you know, when you get those, that momentum in transition, it's, and it seems flowing, it's, uh, and a team of that talent, it was unfortunate that we couldn't stop them, but hopefully in Rio, kind of go. set up for a, a fun rematch nice. if we can get there.
0: Yeah, if you want to shut them down somewhere, that's the place to do it. Right in front of your own fans, <laughs> like Greece in 04. Just you people, shh, suck it. It's <laughs> enough. Stop with a samba dance. You know, yeah. the fire marshal's here. Let's clear it out. Your team look, lost. look how upset Kevin already is. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about where you're at right now. You're in Russia. Well, oh, not right oh, Switzerland. now. Oh, Switzerland. I thought somebody said Russia.
6: I was. Um, so I'm playing in with Valero in Zurich, okay. Switzerland. Yes. And we had a, uh, a match against Jordan Larson's team in Russia in Kazan. Okay. On the 17th. And uh, it was fun. We got to win in five because they didn't start Jordan <laughs> they let her rest because they'd already qualified for the next round and uh but we we had a good match and then I left this morning at 4 a.m
2: wow. flew straight to
6: Seattle and it's been so fun I mean it was a long flight but I was fired up to yeah. be here and you know I could see my family and and it's been it's so cool to see I'm from here and so Seattle with this much volleyball hype and, and walking into the key arena and uh, seeing all the purple and just the whole energy I may be a little biased but I'm pretty Pretty excited about it.
0: Can you critique the team's performance last night?
6: Man, yeah, I was. We were really bummed for them. Yeah. I I know the feeling. I got my butt kicked twice in the in the semis. Um, it just kind of like Brazil in the finals. Like Penn State got rolling and they were, you know, who could have stopped them? They got. Micah some, Hancock was really, unreal. Yeah, on the she's time. great, and some of those hitters, their opposite's insane and um, obviously well coached, and they. They served better, I thought, and they passed a lot better. And then, you know, they were turning balls and trans. So there it is. You know, we just couldn't quite get any momentum, I think. That's what it felt like.
0: You know what's funny? That could be the analysis of a high school game.
6: Any game. I,
0: right? mean, I or an I international know. game. Like you, you were saying earlier. <laughs> you were saying it earlier that there's not a lot of difference. And, and I oh, coach man. my kids at 9, 10, 11 years old. There's not a lot of difference in what you're telling them. And, oh, yeah. and then they make mistakes. I'm like, well, it's the same mistakes that college and professional <laughs> yeah. players make. You're like, go out and make this play. And they go out and don't do it. You're like. Were you here? Yeah, yeah. And that kid's like yeah. 25, you know. And <laughs> Except for you're beating, your, you're beating your 10-year-olds and you can't beat the 25 I only olds. smacked my own kid on the sidelines, okay? Kay. Just my Fair own enough. child. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no, so no, no, no. You're, you're back home. You're here for just a little bit. What are the one or two places you want to go or kind of food you want to eat oh now that you're at home in Seattle. Because I know I've been there. I've, I've come home for like three days. Yeah. I'm dead tired, but when I get back to Europe, I'm so much better mentally.
6: Oh, it's so true. Because it's worth I've done it, something. In your yeah. you're just on this like, yeah, happy, hi, because you saw your family and yeah. all your friends. Um, Portage Bay Cafe is okay. in Seattle. There are three locations. I do not Throughout get paid the by them. Throughout the greater Seattle area? Yeah, I do not get paid by them, but they are my favorite restaurant. It's like brunch is ridiculous. Um, I know the owner because I went so much in college. Okay, nice. And, uh, it's always my favorite place to go to.
0: <laughs> Give us the name again.
6: Uh, Portage Bay Cafe.
0: Portage Bay Cafe, as Marv Dunphy is heckling Oh uh, Yeah,
6: Marv, I'm getting heckled, which <laughs> is not new, not anything new here.
0: <laughs> All right, we're going to see you at the Court and Spark thing Great, later. Great,
6: thanks for coming. I'm going to get to interview you. Oh, no way. So, so again.
0: you
1: you Actually, so we don't get same along question. very well. Same exact
0: questions, We need, to address, questions, we need to address this oh, right here now because you stole my job. Not you were drama. me Whoa. this morning.
1: Oh. Oh,
6: at the yeah. All-American
0: Banquet, they traded in a Barnett, and they got <laughs> themselves a Thompson. It's our hometown bro. And they don't yeah, miss the old Barnett model. They're like, her. wow, this Thompson, we didn't know how bad the old model was, oh, so we yeah, got a Thompson. Right.
6: That's, it's the whole Seattle. I'm, I'm getting yeah. hometown bro. How it's was a that? As, Trump card. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. You How'd have you a medal.
0: I'm like asking questions.
6: I'm a, interviewing is yeah. way harder than people think. Oh, this oh. I why was, Kevin
0: brought you on the show. Just
6: I say was. that. I had all these ambitions to be like uber prepared, and I was going to look. You online. were watching Barbara
0: Walters, yeah. Oh yeah. You <laughs> the you actor's know, studio. i the been studio. Yeah.
6: Oprah and I have been hanging out. You know, I asked her to tea a few times, and I. But it's hard because you don't. You want to make them comfortable, mm-hmm. and but. You know, if you're like, what do you want to talk about? They're like, uh, I don't yeah, know. They're yeah, full, they're, in they're in full panic. And, and then they're like, oh, I'm nervous, panic. so can you? And I'm like, yeah, no, I got you. I don't know.
1: So I, <laughs> I was like
6: in the car, today, was like frantically with my brother, like, what are some fun questions? And, yeah. and writing them down. And then when they called Karen carry there, I, I don't know if you saw me, but I just left them all there. I was like, you know what? I'm just going just gonna to talk. Just be See you. See how it goes. And um, I don't know. Hopefully they enjoyed it. But props to you, man. That's a oh. hard job.
0: It's the only reason he brought you Did on the you show. Is that, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was working for the volleyball right Yeah, yeah, yeah. all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm all
6: about the money, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, Court and Spark, a volleyball document. documentary. What? It says on there. Documentary. Documentary, yeah.
6: Is documentarian a word?
0: Yeah. I like that. You can be a it is now.
6: I hope to be. No. Yeah. 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 It's great. I like it.
0: Documentary. Thank you
6: for having me. This great. Thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. I'll see i see in a
0: couple hours. can't wait to see what you're
6: wearing. It's
0: going well, yeah. to be new. Yep, it is. The jacket's <laughs> brand new. I just bought it at Nordstrom's about an hour ago. I was say, ago. North is Yeah, two hours ago I bought a new jacket. Good. Yep, thanks, sale. Kevin. It's black tie. black tie event. <laughs> that's what you said. It's a volleyball <laughs> event. Black tie for volleyball means like you didn't wear your Birkenstock, sock. I don't know, and you don't have multicolored socks on. <laughs> and while that we're on was there? a
6: backhanded Seattle slam, was it? <laughs> no, no, that's okay. a volleyball in general. Okay. Yeah, all right. Good deal. Thanks, Courtney. Yeah, thanks.
0: Cool. All right, Courtney Thompson here on the NetLive special Court and Spark sponsored edition from the Gold Medal Squared booth here in Seattle proper. Right here, it's the Washington State Convention Center that we're all sitting in. Got the main court going on right now, another session happening. And this is it. People just walk by. Marv Dunphy comes to heckle Courtney Thompson while she's being interviewed. You can't get that anywhere else. It doesn't happen in the volleyball world anywhere else but here. We have our next guest. we get Jamie? Just rolling right through it right now. Moorhead State, the Moorhead State Eagles. How's your eagle looking? First of all, before we get to the rest of your interview. Oh, yes. see, look, look, that's the mean eagle. That's the one I was thinking of, Moorhead State. challenge. That is the angriest eagle I have seen. That is a giant beak. It's going to tear apart some of your little badges and whatever else we were talking about. Bucky's turtleneck is shredded at the hands of the Moorhead Eagle. So Moorhead State... Welcome, please. Jamie Gordon. Jamie? Thanks for being here. Are we on? Is he on?
8: I don't think so. There, you go. there we go. There we go. There we go. My go. Fault. He's afraid of the eagle. That's what we're <laughs> yeah, He was,
0: was concentrating. He was looking above like a squirrel, looking for a shadow. Uh, Jamie, you're bringing us a bracket here, and Brandon Rosenthal, our intrepid, uh, what do we call Brandon, host, co-host, worker, he has brought us this bracket. You said, here's a way to put the bracket
8: together differently,
0: Yeah. and you think perhaps better then the field of 64 currently gets constructed come playoff time. Uh, you know,
8: better, different, you know, I think until you start looking at ways to, to potentially improve. I mean, I appreciate you guys having me on a couple times to, to promote the watch list and, uh, you know, trying to do some things to really push attendance. And, you know, one of the things that we have in the current structure is you've got uh, these, some of these first-round matches that are, are, are blowouts. And, yeah. and you, you have uh, locations that, that normally draw real well. And, you know, they're not necessarily wanting to see, you know, Penn State fans aren't necessarily wanting to see, hey, uh, L-I-U. Quick, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not picking anybody. <laughs> it but, was
0: LIU this year.
8: Well, it, it was, but, uh, you know, I know you guys give, give them what to get Utah shipped out there. So, so yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't just a, a too easy. But anyway, the idea is, is that we keep the current 16 top seeded, one through 16. Then a Bunch or identify 17 to 32. So now there's the next best 16. And okay. Don't go all the way down. Just, hey, that's a grouping. Okay. And then that leaves you with 33 to 64. So you pretty much have this giant play-in of the bottom 32. Right. Okay. And you play those 16 matches on campus. And one of the things that we've got is there's a okay. lot of great programs that are drawing really well that don't have the opportunity to host a first or second round site. Yeah. So this allows more of that. Um, we get away from those neutral matches. Like there's some great matches that are going on, but when they're not played on a, a host campus, you, there's, you know, nobody you, there. There. there's nobody there. There's three yeah. or 400, 400 people. Um, so it, it, it kind of increases attendance. It increases the competitiveness of the matches because there's some great First-round uh, matches are some great teams that are getting knocked out pretty early. So it's
0: almost like a super playoff here where you, where you yeah. have buys for the group that is in 17 through
8: 32.
0: They're a buy to the second round. Right. And the 1 through 16, it looks like, have a buy to the
8: third round. To the third round, correct. And this,
0: the NCAA, hey, they're playing fewer matches. They're, they're in finals. Mm-hmm. They're being students, right? right? They're not on the road quite as much. And, yeah, you're going to get some good matches here in this first round. I'm looking through some of the matchups. This is this year as it would have laid out with your system. The, yeah, correct. Let's correct. get a picture of this, Jeremy, and let's get uh, posted. People can check this out. Uh, so you have Arkansas playing Central Arkansas. I can see that being a good rivalry one. Right. Michigan-Arizona State. Arizona could probably lose that one, <laughs> even though I'd pick them. Uh, that would have been a good match. LIU-Brooklyn-Fairfield. and Fairfield. Okay. yale new Yeah, this, this yeah, is an interesting a, idea.
8: Yeah. yeah. And, and we've, we've already um, kind of proposed the, the, the concept of it to uh, the, the chair of the championship committee, uh, the person who's in charge of NCAA championships and overseas volleyball, and they're very intrigued by it. And, and because um, there's, it, with this model, attendance could go up. Um, actually, revenue could, could go up. Uh, missed class can go down. Yeah, um, that's huge. And, uh, and, and I think you've got more competitive equity within each of the rounds.
0: Now, one thing, they're going to have to seed everybody, at least into the groups. They'd have to argue amongst the groups, and you'd be probably not seeding saying, hey, this is the number 47 team. Absolutely. But you'd have to argue within groups. What's the rationale? If you have 33 through 64, Mm -hmm. are you then operating with the travel rules and perhaps setting up regional matchups that make sense? Yeah. On, on a home floor.
8: I think you've got to still, at least until our championship is making money. Right. I mean, we still operated. it about... This might help that. Right. I, I, then you've got that opportunity to, to seed all the way through. But you're still going to have to regionalize your pairings. So that's why Yale and New Hampshire, because those guys can drive. And, and then you've got some regional... Uh, opportunities to have some good rivalry there. Some, yeah. You know, and, and hey, Yale can 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 make a nice draw and then have a couple thousand people at that match.
0: So we're already operating basically on a hybrid system. People think, oh, well, this is this is different. You're seating everybody and you're making different matchups. That's what they're doing right now. Absolutely. They're doing that because they don't want to travel people and they want to keep people in certain regions of the country, right? So we already have a hybrid system. This is a hybrid system that you think has a little more organization to it.
8: It does. And the other thing too is that you don't have. Um, I won't pick on Penn State, but you won't have a top 16 seed that would have potentially three programs that might have an RPI higher than 100 at that. So you know at least in that, those top 16s in in their first match are going to play somebody that's at least 32.
0: Well, it's a super playoff system. This reminds me a little bit of what I know about D2, where they're Mm -hmm. playing in their own region first and then coming out of their own region into an Elite 8 situation. Right. So this is a little bit of that idea where you're playing off
8: to get to the higher seeded teams. And you know, and I'll also say even from a selfish standpoint, I mean, we drew Illinois opening round, and so we got to play at their place, and you know, Big Ten, and you know, that's a that's a tough challenge for for our team. So if we've got a, a team, an a opponent that we can play, that's more evenly matched, hey, yeah. now we've got an opportunity to, to win a match or maybe even win a, a second one before you've got to play those, you know, those, those, those powerhouses.
0: Well, and if you're winning, this actually works for the teams that are winning. If, they, if you're winning matches and you're in the top 16, you are seated into that spot or you're in that next group, 17 to 32, you get the reward of winning. You get some rest because the season is long,
8: yeah. <laughs> really long. And I don't think there's any school in the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 that aren't beat up that by the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, ask Bembedee He was just here. Cal yeah, was
0: a perfect example.
8: Absolutely. And if you have, you have maybe a, an extra six or seven days to, to recover, to, to kind of let your players get their legs under them, you're going to be in a, a better position. So I, I think that buy is going to be welcomed um, as well. What's the name of this system, you think? Um, you, you know what? I, 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 think, I don't see uh, a title. I, I, this would be the best uh, venue. This is the best place to come up with something uh, creative. I mean, you guys are always throwing things around here.
0: Super bracket.
8: I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I just like that we're seeding and the real teams are playing each other.
0: Get a bye in the first round. I like mm-hmm. that of the seeded teams. Yeah. It, it, does it eliminate Cinderella. I guess it doesn't because Cinderella still gets to the ball in round three.
8: Right. And I think maybe it, even cre- it allows for some great storylines to develop a little bit longer because you know, American was a great story. Because they can play, yeah. They can, they, play another they, round. they can play and they can go another round and, and you have some of those opportunities. Maybe, you know, a Lipscomb would would have a, have a, have a good, good shot. Very good. Well, we're,
0: we'll work on a good nickname here, Jamie. Right. We'll work on it. But we appreciate your time all throughout the year uh-huh. in giving us the, the sights. Uh, the watch list. The watch list. Thank well, maybe you we need a, a, more, a
8: more memorable title for that as well. Yeah, something with an animal. <laughs> something with an angry eagle. And an eagle. Like yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Jamie Gordon of Moorhead State, thanks once again. All right, thanks five. for having me.
8: Guys. Oh, we're nice. here
0: in the Gold Medal Squared booth hanging out and uh, talking about volleyball. Lots of coaches wandering by and Jamie Gordon. Just checking out. Thanks to Gold Medal Squared for bringing us up here. Thanks to Court and Spark, a volleyball, volleyball documentary that will be premiered after this. It will be premiered this evening. Court and Spark, of course, the official sponsor of this special ABCA convention program. The Net Live. Jeremy, let's take a short break. We're going to be right back here in about 30 seconds. We'll recompose ourselves, and we'll be right back with uh, the head coach of Arkansas. Hey, Coach Arkansas, if you can name him, it's Chefford, and you can name him. Maybe we uh, we need to send you a little something. Don't go cheat on the internet either. You got to write Too it right late. now. It's got to be on there. Are you questioning me? No. Okay. It's just waiting. It's just excited. The net live special edition convention. Right back. Welcome back to the net live brought to you by court and spark of volleyball documentary premiering tonight and soon available on DVD for you to purchase and add to your volleyball collection. Kevin Barnett, DJ Jeremy Rocher, the Sasquatch read pretty here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Deb static also present Brandon Rosenthal running around getting us some guests. We just had Jamie Gordon check in, had a good time talking to him. Uh, a few times he's been on the show with the watch list and so on. You can check out the f- picture that Jeremy put up of the bracket as proposed by uh, James Gordon. We'll call it the Super Bracket for right now, unless we can come up with a better name. I don't know, Deb. We'll work on that. Deb, think about that, because Super Bracket is kind of lame. I don't know. Mega Bracket. Mega Monster Bracket. I don't know what, what we can do. But we have another coach, and the fun of this is that we have... A million coaches here. We have, I don't know, 600 coaches all wandering around. Largest gathering of bodies in the world right here at convention. We've got to bring in folks that maybe we don't know, especially our listeners don't know that well. Robbie Poliza, head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks in the SEC. I got, I'm glad I got a note here so that I know what conference you guys play. Hey, With all the
7: realignment, you know, it's kind of hard to know where people are going anymore. So. <laughs> well, Robbie, welcome.
6: Thanks. Thanks Welcome for having me.
7: Thanks for setting on the
0: show. So excited to be on it.
7: Nice. Hey, uh,
0: people don't know anything about the Razorback program. Give us in a nutshell, what do you guys have going? Well, it's, it's a little rock, rock right? It's, uh, uh, Fayetteville. 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 It's a great place to live, but
7: it's a really exciting time for our program. Uh, we got hired six years ago to, to turn it around. It was in dire straits and, uh, we've gone to back to back NCAA tournament. So yeah, last it's, year, and this a, year. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a really exciting time for the program. We, uh, Last year, this freshman class that we had on campus uh, was ranked 16th in the country and uh, first in the SEC. So the future's bright. And it's has time.
0: Very good. Now, the SEC is a conference that seems to be on the rise. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? Why are athletes selecting SEC schools? Well,
7: I, I think what, uh, what kind of have, um, kind of, kind of get things shifted a little bit in the direction they're going is football. You yeah. know, there's no way. I mean, the football money uh, has, has given us the opportunity to – commit to the sport of volleyball at the highest level and uh you know it's the richest conference in the country so i I think that that's been a pivotal thing and on the ADs being able to really commit to our sport and do it right so we can just give the opportunities and the facilities and the travel to to the best athletes in the country to come play
0: play in the SEC. Are we still using
7: Sui? We down sure there. are.
0: That sui,
7: that's
1: right. Man, yeah, You're yeah. pretty good at
0: that. Well, see, I Natural. grew up, one of my dad's best friends was actually the track coach at Arkansas. Oh, really? Yeah, Doug Williamson. Is his Okay. Name. Uh, years ago, he's got to be in a picture somewhere down there. Awesome. So I, I had some Razorback stuff, and I, I well, liked watching the Razorbacks, and the logo. Great, and
7: great, great tradition in track. 40, yeah. 42 national championships, I think. <laughs> a lot of winning down there. Yeah, he's yeah. actually track country down there. He's pretty cool. You don't see it in too many schools. But down there, it's
0: a little cultish when it comes to track.: Okay, so Puliza, we've got the accent. Argentinian. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Oh, so you, in the, you were in
7: the right language.:
0: I'm in the right Yeah, right I'm, language. I'm in the right lane on the highway. That's right. That's but I did right. not get off at the correct exit. I went right. further south.: That's Right. So, Puerto Rico, so tell me about, you You said you came six years ago to Arkansas. What were you doing before? Were you coaching in Puerto Rico or were you coaching here? No,
7: I, I actually. I your actually. your playing history?
0: Yeah, I played at Ball
7: State. I'm okay. from Puerto Rico. My family and everybody's down there. Uh, I decided I wanted to come to the States and play. Played at Ball State. I, had a really fun career there. Obviously, great tradition.
0: What um, year? What year?
7: I was there in 91 through 96. six. So, you great Romano. Good old Romano. Phil yeah, Romano. Phil, yeah. Tom Scott Oath. We had a great group. We had a lot of success when we were there, and it was a lot of fun. And as you know, Ball State is a place to produce coaches. Yeah. So I just got involved uh, coaching at, at Burris High School and coaching montana And uh, it just become a, it became a really natural progression for me to get into coaching. And when I graduated, I decided to stay. So uh, here I am now. Uh, never thought I was going to end up at Arkansas from Puerto Rico. But I absolutely love it. It's been a, a great place, and it's exciting.
0: Okay, so we were just talking to Courtney Thompson about her experience overseas. I played overseas. Reed's yeah. played overseas. And, and the, the difference in in being overseas now puerto rico pretty close by u.s territory but still how different is it for you to live here in the states and and not be in puerto rico
7: you know it's uh it's different yeah there's there's no doubt about it i've been here now for a while so it's become it's sometimes it's even harder for me now to just go to puerto rico you know that that's just because we're not very functional down there you know okay (laughs) and i I say that in a good way you know because we always find a way to everything works itself out, but we yeah. don't do it in a functional way. So when I go there's back... There's probably yelling involved. Yes, yeah. there is yelling involved. It's emotional. You know, it's <laughs> never that smooth. But things get done and things work out. So now when I go back, it's gotta, I just got to get ready for it. It's going to be done tomorrow. And uh, so it's harder now going the other way. So here for me, it's pretty straightforward now. But there's always a culture shock on the front end. I mean, I went from Puerto Rico to Muncie, Indiana. You know, so, so let me tell you, it was not easy in the front end. But, but I actually loved it there. Volvo's a big, big deal there, just like it is in Puerto Rico. So it's kind of like a perfect transition to go. I think that helps a lot going from a country where Puerto Rico is so big to just going to a place like Muncie, which people go, what's in Muncie? Well, Volvo's in Muncie. Yeah. So that's certainly helping the transition. And, and I, it was obviously the right decision for me and I'm very grateful for the
0: opportunity. Speaking of culture shock, when you're recruiting down yeah. to Fayetteville and so. you're trying to bring kids in, there has to be – if you bring a kid in from California yeah. or you bring a kid in from the, the Northwest yeah. or a kid from the East or wherever, it's got to be a little different in Fayetteville. Where, what are you selling in Fayetteville to those kids? Or what are the areas I think that you're most successful as far as regionally? Where are you able to draw kids from that say, yeah, Fayetteville's a place for me? Yeah. You know, it, the, the
7: hardest thing is just convincing them to come to Arkansas.
0: You know, there's certainly a stereotype about the state. You know,
7: if every, you know you, I will be lying if I tell you there's not a stereotype. That's a reality. But Fayetteville in northwest Arkansas is a beautiful part of the country. It's voted consistently one of the best places to live in the country. And uh, once I convince them to just come take a look, they're actually blown away. Oh,
0: so
3: you just have to get them on the ground. You've
7: got to get them on campus. We get them on campus. It's absolutely in terms of the geographies, the hills and the lakes. So it's it's really, really cool. And then when they realize the commitment there is to volleyball, Mm -hmm. you know, because obviously it's big-time football, big-time basketball, but they're not there for that. You know, they're there for volleyball. So when they see the commitment there is to... To women's volleyball and our, our locker room is an unbelievable, brand new locker room. Uh, our gym is a volleyball-only gym. Uh, when we fly uh, during conference play, we charter a private plane. So when they get to see all the things and the commitment to volleyball, they just—they're just blown away.
0: Do you have a letter of Ten? I can sign. Just so yes, honest. right now we'll we're, yeah. we're get
7: that done. I mean, we'll get used to physicality. How do they? How do they feel about wearing a pig? I don't know. You know that—that's a, that, a touchy subject sometimes, but they, they buy into it after all. So, uh, but, it, you know, it, it is actually the, the, the big thing, and the pig the suey thing, like you were th- saying, the state of Arkansas, the Razorbacks are it. Yeah. And there's no pro sports. Right, right. right. So it's all about the Razorback Nation. It's all about Arkansas. And it is a little cultish. But when you get into it, it's a really, really cool thing.
0: Well, first thing that people are going to have trouble with is how to say... Arkansas, uh-huh. if you're not Ar- Arkansas. Yeah, I,
7: I, you say Arkansas, Arkansas, yeah. there's a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every, any, any way I say it, it's going to be all right, because I can't always blame it that
0: I'm from Puerto Rico. Right. So I'm
7: pretty, yeah, so I'm pretty safe, but, uh, you know, if you don't have that caveat there, you can be a little troublesome.
0: All right, before we let you go, we've got to get a suey out of it. you, yeah. you got to build it up. Give us your best
7: Oh, good. I don't do that too often on radio, but let's give it a try. Sui. Nice.
0: That's perfect. pretty good, huh? Nice. No, we not. going to clip bad. that one off. That's going in the intro. Yeah, sure. right. we'll clip
7: that one off. Yeah. That's, that's not bad.
0: Robbie, thanks for hey, much. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for I really stopping appreciate by.
7: you guys seeing it. I appreciate
0: the show and everything you guys are doing for the sport. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, Arkansas, two years in the tournament. Keep it rolling down there in the SEC. What's we'll that? Make a visit to Fayetteville. That'd be fun. I'll go down to Arkansas. Oh, i I've got to bring the dirt bike, though. We got me a that's Charter a dirt flight. bike country. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, charter Flight. Deb's in.
4: Deb's all in? Tucks. Uh, all it tucks. I'm in as well. <laughs>
0: Deb just signed her her second or maybe third oh, letter of intent. You times around, right? I signed yeah, with really cool. Oregon. I signed with Oregon two years ago. Beautiful. I saw their facilities and I said yes. <laughs> I I will come to more. I, I know, will be here. I know we joke about going back to Oregon, but seriously, I would. I think I have eligibility I would go back just for their just for their gear and the their workout facilities. Facilities. They
2: have some really good gear. Oh man,
0: facilities are unbelievable. Yeah. I want to wear the O. I yeah. want to wear a bright volt colored O. That's what I want to have on. You, can't, you can wear it, Kevin. You don't have to go there to wear it. You can just get your own. Yeah, that's true. eBay's pretty amazing. <laughs> I've been I mean, on the I Texas bandwagon for a while. I've been on the Texas bandwagon for a while. I think I might be jumping to Oregon. Okay. Because I don't have a football team. People ask us, like, we have pictures up in the house of the kids that have Texas jerseys on. We have good friends that live in Austin. You don't have a Wave jersey? We've been down there. Well, she comes from UCSD. I'm from Pepperdine. We have Burn. no football. Burn. No football. Okay. Well, Marymount, real good football team. So... Reed's give me this weird look. Subtle, subtle shot at you.
3: Texas would be great for a men's volleyball team.
0: Nebraska, Nebraska Texas, Texas Washington, Washington, Oregon. Penn State should get a team.
9: I thought Jay Hossick, <laughs> I
0: thought, I thought Jay was on he might have a I
1: Jay's not doing with that,
0: yeah. They've only they've only been in every Final Four for the last eighteen years. No I big mean, deal. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that, that those those places need to have teams. They don't tell me the Nebraska fans that show up all fall long to watch volleyball wouldn't show up in the spring as well. What else do they have to do? It's still just as cold. It's still just as flat. The corn is not yet ripe. All right? It's just there's nothing else to do. There's no detasseling going on on through May. That doesn't happen until July.
2: Plenty of time to get a season in there.
0: You know, but we're so, hearing rumblings of uh, the men's game being in more jeopardy. Around. Right. Yeah. I actually heard it was better. The restructuring of conferences is threatening men's volleyball. Ah. Even more so. Ah. I doubt it. I'm going to be apparently. I want her to walk by. I, won't grab I want her, her to um, walk yeah, by. We'll, because I want to hear the
2: logic behind that one.
0: Yeah, she was, uh, I've heard she was concerned. I want to say thank you to Court and Spark, of volleyball a documentary that will be premiering coming up right this evening after this show. We will hustle off after this show to go and host that event. Uh, Court & Spark. Be sure and pick up your copy. You can like Court & Spark on Facebook. I'm sure they will have purchase information there. We'll also have it, try and get it for you later here in this program. We want to thank Gold Medal Spared for being, being the host of this special Court & Spark edition of The Net Live here at ABCA Convention. And uh, you two guys have not been to Convention. Nope. First time that you've been here. And we walk into this hall. What's your first reaction? We walk into the hall. There's I don't know, 35, 40 vendors, probably more, 50 vendors. There's courts going on. We have two indoor courts. We have a whole beach court over there. What what are you thinking when you walk in here, Jeremy? That's difficult because I've worked like the magic convention and stuff in Vegas that's in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center that is... Explain what magic is. Clothing convention so sketchers had me out there i was in their booth djing for six straight days it is a monster convention. felt like i was living in las vegas um so i come from that side so i see those conventions and it would dwarf what this is but also what i've never seen is a group is volleyball such a large group of everybody in the world of volleyball being in the same place at the same time i've never and i've been around volleyball for 10 plus years and it's i've never seen else. what I, what more impressed me was last night after the two matches we went to, we went to the Molten Party. you got to remember which M it is. Yes, yeah, the I was, I, party. we did that at breakfast today. The Molten Party, where I was seeing people, you were seeing club coaches, you were seeing high school coaches, you were seeing college coaches, you were seeing reps from all kinds of companies, you were seeing people from USAV, I mean, people from all over the volleyball world. That is what impresses me more. Than, well, I mean, not that this isn't impressive, but just that everybody from all over is here for this.
2: Yeah, you know, last year was my first convention, and you grew up just idolizing all these people like Reed over here, and I walked in, and you see Karch Karai just walking around, and he's just talking to people, and it's the coolest thing ever because I can't think of very many other venues where there's that camaraderie between people at the upper levels of the sport with people who are just coaching 15-year-old girls, and that's as far as they want to take their coaching careers.
0: Was Karch taller or shorter than you thought?
2: Uh, I think he was a little bit shorter.
0: Were you taller than I was also trying
2: Karch? to stand up really sh- Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. I don't know by how much, though. How tall is he?
0: We'll, we'll get you guys back-to-back back later. <laughs> right. well, Perfect. A I'll back try to think of an intelligent question
2: park. this time. Kate, last time I out. had nothing. You
0: failed? Uh, <laughs> I did. Uh... They
2: told you in the first-timers convention that you can't just stand there gawking, and I'm pretty sure I was guilty of that. <laughs> I, just, I just mouth think, open, <laughs> catching flies? Oh, more or less. More I think, less. too,
0: it's pretty... You know, The vibe is pretty interesting because most of these coaches are used to coaching, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like their weekend to not have a team and to not be worried about game plans and when's the next match and babysitting their their uh their team and so i think uh, it spills into the social vibe and uh definitely seeing get people that i haven't seen for 10 years and catching up has been amazing well you were saying earlier today that it felt weird to you because anytime you're around volleyball and it's this big of a deal you're usually playing right. in a match yeah you're not just hang getting to hang around and walk around and do your thing yeah i'm ready to i'm ready to lace them up right now actually you bring any decent shoes? Uh, no, There's and a I didn't break my shoulder either. I that back in. <laughs> There's a sand court. Let's go get on that. What I love is we have an open seat. Yep, oh. and we sit here and I point at said seat and somebody thinks I'm pointing to them and they just sit down. Perfect. <laughs> I was actually pointing at this specific guy. Yes. Yeah. Let's welcome back to the net live again. Again, big supporter of the show, Bill Ferguson, USC men. It's almost underway for you guys.
9: Almost. Yeah. You hear the round of applause there? They're all fired up for the Raging places, raging.
0: It's the delay. It's the delay, the broadcast delay. They don't get it. Then they have to start applauding. So it, it's interesting here. We've talked to a lot of women's coaches when we've been at these events. They are at the end of their season. They part, rage, go crazy. They're hammered, and, and it's just nutty. You, on the other hand, you're like an a Olympic athlete who has to compete the last two days. You are laser-focused here at this event, preparing for the upcoming season, correct? Good answer. Was that too long? (laughs) (laughs) Very succinct. Bill, Bill, all right. Now, I want to ask you, before we get to your team this year, we want you to give give a little preview of your team coming up this year. You guys struggled through last year, so we'll talk about this upcoming year. But tell me about your setter, Micah Christensen. You have him in college. Your rival, John Spraw. UCLA head coach steals Micah Christensen, takes him away all summer to an undisclosed location in Southern California and an undisclosed location all over the world, and tabs him as the next starting center for the men's national team. How about that? Did you expect that to happen with that kid?
9: Uh, I don't know if I expected the accelerated timeline. He certainly has the talent to be our next guy, and we recruited him. Um, I, I think arguably the best setter to ever walk the planet is Dusty Dvorak, and I think this guy, uh, I, I think Micah has a chance to get in that conversation, if not exceed it. By that's the time that's high praise right there. Yeah, I, I think he's the most prepared setter at this stage of his college career that we've had uh, in, in a very long time. And if you look at the guys my age that I grew up, Playing club with and against—that's the the, the the Greenbaum, the Seely, Loy, Canyon, McCaw, all those guys were all within a couple of years, and all did very well. And having seen those guys and against them and in proximity, uh, and being a, a setting nerd my whole life, and being a Harlan disciple, um, I, I, I Micah to me, it has is quicker than the, than the big guys uh he's long he's probably the most um astute uh you know probably now it has more information at, at at his fingertips than those guys did and and now earlier he earlier in his career he's able to step in i think loy probably stepped in in his career earlier than all those guys and was able to kind of run the team and thankfully loy is around i think you know, getting on to, uh, you know, one more step further, Micah is coming into a national team as a very young setter with a group of older, very accomplished guys like like the Reeds and, the uh, you know, the David Lees, the guys that have won a gold medal, and also with some up-and-coming guys.
1: Right, you know, Matt Anderson. The,
9: the Matt Andersons and those guys. And that's very similar to the team that Loy walked into set. You know, you had you had Stork and 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 some of the liquid was still soren- around at that Sovert-Lick, point yeah but you yeah. had Nygaard and you had some Sorensen and you had some of yeah that. okay obviously didn't work out for Nygaard, and he got into coaching thank god
2: <laughs> um <laughs> win for you <laughs> yeah
9: so no we're uh it, it, it was it's all good but i think he's gotten an, an exceptional set of tools and he's willing to work okay so
0: all that said about micah christensen yeah, will he play opposite middle blocker, libero, and outside hitter for you this year as he did last year in addition to setter?
9: <laughs> we hope not, but uh we'll we'll do whatever we need to. Uh there is always the the thought that his future is a, is as a setter for our national team and we'll never lose sight of that regardless of of what he needs to do for our team. Uh, so uh, we'll always have him prepared for the next step. But, yeah, well, he's the kind of guy that will do whatever we need to do to, to, to get the job done at USC. Okay. Now, we
0: understand you were doing a session today, Why We Win. You were on the panel? Yes. With Karch Karai, with Nina Mathies, and Mike Seeley. What was the reaction to that? What was it like to be a presenter now? Did you come to convention before when you weren't a presenter just to learn, and now you're the guy giving the knowledge?
9: Yeah, I've done both. It's it's pretty fun. I I enjoyed being up there. I I I think that is the best session that they do here at the AVCA convention. We're all coaches, and we all want to know a little piece. You know, we all want to hear a little piece of gold from somebody. Something different, something that can stimulate thought process, uh, a different way to look at something. And and the first one I think was, was was Cook. McLaughlin, Mary Wise, um, and Jarrett, and Dunning. And it was awesome. Wow. And it was a really cool, a bunch of different coaches that all coached a different style. Crazy
0: cross-section of volleyball coaching.
9: Yes. (laughs) Uh, But it was uh, was really interesting to see that. And to, to be a part of it, it was nice to be the only men's coach on that panel. To have, a, to have a different take on things and, and look at things differently. And quite frankly, my situation at SC is cool in the sense that Mick Haley looks at the game much differently than, than we do. And the thing, some of the things that are important to them defensively may not be as important to us and vice versa. So it, it even though we're not looking and mimicking each other, he's looking at stuff we're doing and it's stimulating thought. We're looking at stuff he's doing and it's stimulating thought, and it's uh, it's healthy.
0: We're going to get you on
9: throughout the season. I'm going to see you a bunch. You'll be on Pac-12 Network. Those
0: that are big SC fans, if you get the Pac-12 Network, you're going to get to see USC men's volleyball quite a few times this year. That'll be fun.
3: Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thanks
9: for having me Go on. First, appreciate thanks it. Thanks again. Thanks We've for coming down. Going. Reed, try not to mess up Mike too much. I'll put the ball away when he sets you. <laughs> DJ Rocher, Pleasure. I, we've never met. Yet. Yeah.
0: you're. I'm sorry that I steal one of your assistants from time to time to help me out.
9: Oh, no. You keep him saying it's awesome. Okay, and perfect. good luck with everything. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Hopefully the bongos work with all the tech stuff. It loves
0: great. I appreciate that. Thanks <laughs> awesome. for thanks for letting me borrow them.
9: Cool. Thank you, guys.
0: So, Deb and I will just carry the show now because everybody took their headsets off. Yeah, more or less. The headset's yeah. got to go somewhere.
2: Anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like being back at Kevin's house. He just takes the headset off randomly and leaves me. hanging there. Now, yep. our next guest, this, this is an oversight by me. This is my fault. We've been on the air for five years. Five years. We talk a lot about Pepperdine. I've played at Pepperdine. I played for this man. And yet, this is the first time I think we've ever had Marv Dunphy on the net live. It's great to be
3: here. It's because you never wanted to come back to Malibu. You forgot where it was.
0: Too far away. It's 20 miles from my house. It's like three and a half hours to get there.
3: Kevin, you haven't changed.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for those that don't know, Marv Dunphy coached the '88 gold medal team. Big part of Gold Medal Square, that's the area in which we are. sitting. You, you founded Gold Medal Square along with Carl McGowan. Is that accurate?
3: Gold Medal Square is Carl McGowan. And it is. He let Doug Beal and I hang out for a little bit, and then he started this great organization that. Uh, you know has impacted the way we i think teach and coach our sport not just here in Seattle but uh in the United States and uh he's touched uh Italy uh the world and, and I think people are uh from all walks of our sport are coming to him and uh and to see you know uh things done right if you're going to teach you might well might as well teach like the science says and I, I think he's Made a great contribution, and uh, Doug Beal and I didn't have anything to do with it. It was 100% Carl McGowan.
0: Yeah, it seems like a, a very science-based approach to things. But one of the things that, when I played for you, I always enjoyed was, and, and you told me, you said, look, if you're going to give somebody one thing negative, give them two positive, or at least give them some positive. You're a very positive coach. Where where does that come from? Because there's coaches out there, some that have had some success, that are pretty negative.
3: Uh, hopefully uh, uh, people ask me that all the time are you a positive coach or a negative coach and uh, I, I like to think that i'm a factual coach and uh
0: mm.
3: yeah and you know and i i like to get things in place and uh and you know people athletes are the happiest when they're improving and uh you know i always try to play forward coach forward and uh give them something to work on every day in practice so we can give some feedback on the fly and uh uh, if that's positive, it's positive, you know. All right, you've had a long
0: time in this sport and seen a long breath of international Kevin, and you men you saying
3: I'm getting old
0: here? What's yeah, <laughs> I, me with you, unfortunately. No, no, you're catching I thought it was for other team. people, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, you've seen this game for a very long time, and we sometimes have discussions about athletes from 88 and how they would compete today, and we've played the game of taking an Olympic team from 88 or 92 and saying, would they even be in the gym today what have you seen on the men's side that's really different from 88 to today internationally or even collegiately as far as the way the game is played uh much more physical
3: uh the game in the uh, 70s and 80s got in the 70s it was uh, i think very skill oriented easy serving uh very tactical lots of combinations and uh uh, and then all of a sudden it started to get bigger and uh, bigger wasn't necessarily better. When we won in 88 uh, I think that we weren't the biggest, strongest, or the fastest we were just the best and I thought we, we saw the game really well and uh, we could just side out forever with Karch and Steverlich and we, we would side out 20 times and say well you know we'll try to score maybe at the 21st time whatever. Yeah. And whatever uh, but uh, uh, yeah, Obviously, the serving is significantly different, and uh, and now it seems like it's, we're in that physical mode again. We're going back where uh, a good big man beats a good smaller middle-sized man, and uh, the game's getting pretty fast and pretty physical, and it, it's neat to see. It seems like with the women's
0: game, but not quite as much, guys are playing it at a younger age. Is that, that would seem to me to make a big difference, that you have a player that has more polish when they arrive at college, Versus having to gain that over the first few years. Are you starting to see that influence with the juniors, even though it hasn't grown quite the way that the women's has in the
3: last 15 years? You know, boys' volleyball is taking off, and uh, I think anybody's going to add a Division One men's sport. Period. And uh, but who knows? You know, things are changing pretty fast. Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, and, and the number of boys that are playing, and the whole level is rising. The, the coaching's better. The officiating is is really really good and uh, uh, yeah the number of boys playing now uh, has impacted the collegiate game and when I first started playing and coaching UCLA was good mm-hmm. Pepperdine was good Santa Barbara SC and then uh, really not too many other programs and now the bottom has really come up and it's, uh, it, it's great to see and uh, it's great to see the, the arena that uh, we saw last night and for men and for women. And sometimes people get into this, hey, is, it, is grass volleyball bigger, better, the sand, indoor, men, women, right. whatever. And I just kind of smile. It's, it's neat that we're having this debate because it kind of take turns uh, growing. Now, one of the things I wonder with, with Pepperdine and college tuition having
0: gone where it has. When I was at Pepperdine, it for the first time crossed sixty or $30,000. It's twice that. Now, now I understand it's $60,000. Right. With only four and a half scholarships, it's not like at the women's side where there's 12, you can field your team and maybe you have a couple of extra kids. With four and a half scholarships, what is the practical effect on your program given the tuition numbers that you're dealing
3: with at Pepperdine? Well, the first thing I have to ask uh, your parents, I, I ask the applicant what do your parents do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah it, it makes it, uh, uh, it's a little bit of a challenge, and, uh, but you know, I, I'm not out of that yeah, it, we don't have usually interchangeable parts and so we have to coach a little bit differently mm-hmm. and uh but that that's the way it is so uh you know see positive spin right there oh, no, yeah.
0: no negativity at all you can't even draw it out of you
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no you know actually you know i i i don't uh, I, I don't like to bring uh negativity around uh you know like even consequences for drills if if both sides are going after. Him. That's awesome. There's a standard to be met, and uh, uh, yeah, I it just doesn't do any good. All right, all right.
0: Here's your chance. These guys, I'm on this podcast. We talk about volleyball all the time, and this that they give me grief, and I'm quite open about old Barnett and current Barnett being a little bit different people. Do you have
3: oh boy a story you remember? <laughs> Yeah.
0: something that sticks with you or something that uh how
3: long are we on the air here yeah <laughs> that's what I thought
0: <laughs> but but something like that during my college time something maybe you didn't say
3: to me that should have been said to me at that time you know uh one size doesn't fit all Kev. and uh I, I think sometimes when I've a freshman come in or a first year player they're they're close to being finished and we just have to put the frosting on the cake and I, I think in your situation we had to bake the cake. <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know, what, uh, I think to your credit, it, it, uh, yeah, I, I'm really proud of uh, at, at that that time, and and certainly, uh, you know, who you've become. And not saying this just because we're here, I, I think I've told you that along the way, but uh, yeah. So now just contribute back to the program a few grand and we'll be real good. <laughs> yeah, I need to do
0: that. I'm, I'm delinquent. That's for sure. No. I, I remember a moment that, that scared me,
3: actually. Yeah, I remember that, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's so, talk about it.
0: So we go and we play Long Beach at the Pyramid, which I'm not as positive as Marvin. It's a terrible building
3: mm-hmm.
0: when you're a highball hitter.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> when, it's not where you are, too. You are. Come on.
0: When you stare up into the lights, the ball's gone. So we, we play terribly. I act like a complete idiot. We drive home in the bus. Marv says nothing. Doesn't I? You know, can I look at the stats? Yeah, I think I sat in the passenger seat, right, like right, front seat next to him. Wait, you waited till you got to the car to look at the stats, or you got them right after the game? The third time the after I looked at them. Okay. Yeah, but in the car, I'm looking at the stats on the way home, and and he doesn't say anything. The next day, we come in, come, we're sitting in the locker room having a team meeting, and and Marv. Starts talking about my behavior on the court, the team's behavior on the court, and, and did he did a says, little role playing. We did a little role playing. He says, uh, "You know, pat me on the shoulder, tell me good job." I'm like, "What?" He says, "Pat me on the shoulder." So I go to pat him on the shoulder, and he goes like this. He goes, "Fuck!" Ah, and, and he swears, and he and just he like hit, you did. Yeah, just like me, and and he hits me in the chin, and I was so rattled. I was <laughs> like, "Whoa, what the hell just happened here?" Like I was almost to tears, like in front of the whole team. Like what this? I don't think you meant to clip me, or maybe you did. No, no, no. I don't know. I saw a moment of hesitation there, but but man, I that stuck with me for a long time. That was a moment where I was like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I don't know what to
3: do. No, what I said at the time, and it was like, yeah, it wasn't a hit. It was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's very. It was just a glance. If I had a hit you, you would have gone down.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, he is a Marine. You're no, gonna... <laughs> no, what I said is that at the time is, that, uh, what if everybody on the team was just like you? What kind of yeah. team would we have? Yeah. And it's uh, and, and, uh, just, teammates matter. And uh, I, I thought your behavior at the time uh, was, you know, you just weren't being a great teammate. And, yeah. uh, but that changed. And, uh, you know, behaviors learned. and Yeah, and and you know what? Every day is a new day, and I I thought you were you were better the next day, and uh, now you know a couple Olympic games, and and here we are, and uh, you're not even working for a living here.
0: No, no, I just exactly like Charles Barkley told me this year when I ran into him in Atlanta.
3: I introduced myself and said, "Hey, Charles, we're working the same business."
0: He says, "Keep stealing that money, man. Just keep stealing that money." So, all right, Marv. I know you're a big John Wooden guy. Yeah. Give, give, us, give our audience a couple of John Wooden quotes that are your favorite. Why they're your favorite before we let you go.
3: Yeah. Well, the first thing is that I think sometimes when you get close to people, you realize that hey, there's some other reason why they're so darn good. And uh, the, the, more, the longer I was with them, uh, the more I said to myself, I'm in the presence of greatness and he 's the reason it 's not that UCLA is in Southern California or Westwood, or the gym is so big or the locker room or the carpet's is thick it 's this great, great human being. and uh, uh, so I interviewed him basically uh, four or five hours a day for five or six days, and then you know we stayed in touch along the way and, and wrote my dissertation on him. and um, I remember talking to him. I asked him about discipline and he said, on the court or off the court. And I said, how about both? And he said things like, I, I never wanted to bruise the dignity of the individual being disciplined. And I might have bruised your dignity. <laughs> but how, how many coaches, parents, leaders can say that? I never wanted to bruise the dignity of the individual being disciplined. And the discipline is what you do uh, for someone, not to someone. And uh, he, he, w- what happens uh, in sport... Uh, the uncertainty of the outcome causes stress. Yeah. And if you knew you were going to win, there would be no stress. If you knew you were going to lose, there'd be no stress. And uh, what I think what happens so often is people choke. They make a free throw. This is winning or losing, whatever. And I think coaches like Wooden took it beyond this stressful part and made it about character and value. And you know, acknowledging the outlet pass. And the, therefore, what happens, uh, those teams played much freer and almost to perfection because it was about the process and the focus was on that outlet pass, you know, that teammate. And yeah. It was almost to where the players at that time thought he was corny. And, but they soon learned... That there was a method to his madness, and he, he was awesome. And I, you know, everybody, I remember talking to him about certain players or athletes, and he said everybody needs a pat on the back, just some need it lower than others.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Excellent, Marv Dunphy, 1988 gold medal coach, longtime coach of Pepperdine, many national championships, my own coach in college. Thanks for being here. That yeah, was fun. We wish you guys there. would practice later in the day so we could have you on the show more often. Okay, yeah. we'll have to change the time of the show. That's all I right.
3: have to do. All right, thanks, Marv. Good luck to you guys. Thanks, Mark. All right. Sure, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> thanks.
0: Marv Dunphy checking in here. Convention special court and spark volleyball documentar- documentary. I don't know why I'm messing that one up here uh, inside of convention in Seattle. We're going to bring on Ray Gooden next because Ray Gooden has been hanging out. He is wearing the Chicago flag, ladies and gentlemen. He is rolling hometown right now. This is what I love about you. You are you are all Chicago. We got him on. It's, huh? Got to fix the hair first. you know
1: what I'm saying? Pretty much. Yeah, can
0: we get him can we get Mr. Mr. Good a towel, please?
1: So,
5: i coach How are you? This
0: is the beauty right here. We have coaches going back and forth. We're still on air.
5: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Ray Gooden What's up Northern Illinois University What's going on man Huskies Yes indeed Huskies Here Ben Let me help you out There you go Huskies huh I don't know in the mascot challenge How angry your Husky is If he's going to do All right in the mascot challenge uh,
5: He's a nice Husky
0: He's too friendly Yeah he's a nice guy He's not going to do well Right on Uh, how are you doing?
5: I'm good. Your team? So, this year? Okay. Positive. Um, we went 19-13, and, and and we lost in our conference tournament semi to the eventual cha- champion that was Ohio University. Okay. So what conference
0: are we talking? The Mid- Mid-American. Mid-American.
5: The Mac. The mac. So, mac shin for people who know football and all that kind of stuff. So. But, yeah, it was good. Went okay. No complaints. What
0: about convention here? What are you coming this year to learn? Who do you want to talk to? Um, where do you
5: want to be besides the Molten Party? Where did you want to be
0: during convention?
5: Besides here with you guys, um, I, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's cool to just see people. Um, I, I think to learn about technology a lot more, you know, how people are doing it uh, in different ways. I think that's pretty, you know, I think that's pretty positive. And, and again, I think it's just interaction, you know. I get to see I mean, you see studs like Coach Dunphy and you see, you know, all, you know, folks are up and coming, you know. Um, like Kelly Sheffield's doing a great job in Wisconsin, you know, and, and another legend like Russ Rose for the championship tomorrow night. So I think all that stuff's pretty cool. What is changing the game the most? You mentioned technology. Is it technology? Is it progression of the players, the club system? What, where are you seeing the greatest changes inside the women's game today? I think the understanding of why. I think people want to know why they do things a lot more now. And I think that's come over from the men's side, you know. And so people understand, hey, I'm doing this. Why? You know, Why do I need to do it this way? And, and how can I do it efficiently as opposed to before? We would just drill you to death and you did it because. So I think there's a lot more of the understanding of why of what's going on. All right. Along the, the lines of that, I'll ask you a question I've asked before on this
0: program. was asking last night, having a great discussion with John Spraw about this, and also Dan Friend of Lewis University, men's coach there, and his wife, who is the head coach there, Laura the Lister. women. Sure. Right? We were discussing what is a scouting report worth? In raw points per set, you come out. You give your best scouting report. You have all the information. You know everything. You have watched hours of tape. You have not slept in a week. You are sponsored by Red Bull when you get to the scouting report. You give this to your players.
5: How many points does that win you per set? In real simple terms, I hope enough. Um, For us, you know, we look at our match, you know, our conference match, we lost, I think, by eight points. Total. Total. You know, we lost 22 and 23, you know, 22-22s and 23. And they did a couple of things that we thought that, you know what, maybe it wasn't a long enough trend to be okay, but it ended up being the difference maker. You know, for me as a coach, I want to go into a match having every question answered. We can't do that and give them, you know, a dissertation to our team before they play. Their heads are going to spin. Right. We should have. I mean, they should understand what's going on. You're the filter. I I need to. You know, I got to translate. You know, somehow, some way, and along with my staff, the whole thing. So, you know, I I don't know. I can't tell you how many points. I really want to say enough. You know, what would be? You have a guess? Because I got a couple of numbers out of the friends. God, I I mean, which by the way, were
2: they on the same page?
5: The friends? No, absolutely not. Dan Friend. Two. I Two would, per set. Yeah, and I think in the men's game, it's like, it's like that. I, I'm going to say between, I, I would say three or four. Laura Lee. Laura Lee, uh-huh. right? Not Laura Lai. Uh-huh. Not the old Eagle Eye Cherry song.
0: Uh-huh. Laura Lee, eight. Wow. To which I said, you are a fantastic coach. In a three-set match, you are winning 24 points. You are winning nearly a set with your scouting
5: report. You are some kind of coach. That's crazy. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking four, maybe. That might be okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, in, a, in a real good match, probably mean that you can turn two points somehow. I think that, that, that's your difference right now. Okay. So two, maybe two points. Maybe. So two to four points. Correct. And, that, and I'm talking about no scouting report. You go in and you play how you play versus full scouting report. I think with more information, I mean, there's ways, you know, that you're able to hopefully manufacture a point or two more, you know, from that. If you just go in blind, hey, our style against our style, you're hoping that your style alone should be good enough to, to be in the neighborhood. You know, play a tight to 20. Then you turn a couple of points, I think you're okay. Now, we had Robbie Puliza on here from Arkansas. and talking to him about bringing
0: folks into Fayetteville, trying to get kids to come down to Fayetteville. Right on. You're up in the Chicago area. Huh? You're selling the Chicago area, selling your university. Why are kids going to come to your university, and where are you drawing from best? When, you, when you're pulling kids into your university,
5: where are you really having success getting kids from? Is there one particular area? Well, I mean, you know that Chicago volleyball is good. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's solid. Um, and, and there, you know, you look at your teams right now, there's kids from Chicago area that, that play. Um, we're fortunate to where we do a lot of our recruiting regionally, so we have some kids from Ohio and Wisconsin and, and things like that, and Nebraska, and we've got a couple of kids from California, so, I mean, I think we sum on the experience, that, that's the biggest thing right now, I mean, we are a college town, but it's small, we're, we're an hour away from the, from the best city in the world, um, you know, I mean, you get a, you get a chance to, to get a complete experience that we feel, you know, and, and things can fall into Chicago, literally, you know, I mean, yeah, Uh, You know, people can come from from all parts of the country into our area to play. I mean, we had USC there playing this year. You know, we're fortunate. You know, Mick comes out and plays us, and we pack our place. It's awesome. It's a really cool field. Uh, We also have other teams in our area, like Northern Iowa, that's really good. You know, we've had, you know, Illinois. We've had Big Ten teams in there before. So I think the experience is really good. And then you throw in football. How football's been hot the last couple years, going to the Orange Bowl. And then Jordan Lynch, you know, doing the whole Heisman thing this year. I think that just adds to it. really do. All right, give me your prediction for the national championship match uh, tomorrow. Man, I don't, man, I don't know. Um, in the Big Ten Conference Championship, um, I, I I I don't know. I mean, I think Kelly Sheffield's really good at getting his teams to to play up, you know. Um, and Russ is, I mean, Russ Rose is, I mean, he's, he's Penn State. Um, and, and and I think, you know, if it'll be interesting to see that they know each other so well, how it works out you know, but Penn State's been there before. Okay. You know, and, and but Wisconsin, I mean, I mean, they can play it like a conference match. You know, they're not, yes, they're playing for the national championship, but they know it's on the other side of the net. They've seen it before. You know, uh, Slay's not any, a new person to them. So, it, 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 it has a chance to be an epic. It really does.
1: Um, this is we'll like play.
0: Millionaire where they tell them, like, talk it out, talk it out. Do you need to phone a friend or can we get a prediction? No,
1: I, I don't. I, I'm not going <laughs> I'm,
5: to. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for either team. I think, I think Penn State, if Penn State played like they did last night, I think they have, they have a really good chance of being successful.
0: Micah Hancock serving the ball.
5: I Look think, yeah. out. They're, 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 they're playing really well, man. Deja was playing legit last night. It was awesome. Very cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, man.
1: Thanks hey, for being can, on the show once I again. Quick
5: plug, real quick. Uh, I mean, for, first of all, like I, you guys are awesome. You know, all you guys, you too. But um, it's neat from your side, like, as a hobby, I DJ. So, DJ Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cool because at our volleyball matches, like we, have a D, like we have a DJ instead of a band. And I think just the atmosphere with that is pretty neat, you know. So I've seen you do stuff, I think, at UCLA, you know, and then Clippers and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's, it's, it's pretty neat, you know. So thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Jeremy does not have a headset. He did say thank you. That's all good. It's he all took good. the headset off because his,
0: his mohawk was getting
1: flattened. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't
0: have that. There's a divot in the mohawk. Very <laughs> Good, Northern Illinois University. Thanks for, man. Thanks for coming it. on again. Yeah, a fix. The you needed a divot tool. Show. I got tons of those now. I've been <laughs> golfing so much. Just a divot tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And you know, we got everybody. Yeah, we're wiping down the headset, man. Yeah, you, you know, go play some sets or something out here. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. We are past. What, what exactly does this say? That's what I want to know. Okay. There's a lot of tags. You get all these extra I'm, I'm tags. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is the special Court and Spark edition of the Net Live, brought to you live from Seattle inside the convention center, the Washington State Convention Center, where we are being housed inside the gold medal squared booth. You've heard from, man, Ray Gooden was just on here, Marv Dunphy, Robbie Paliza. Who am I forgetting? Who else? We have Courtney Thompson on here, Rosenthal. We've got a whole rundown here of people that are going to be coming on the show. And, and now... We're pleased to be joined. We just talked about his father, the founder, the patriarch, the oracle <laughs> of Gold Medal Squared, Carl McGowan. We now have Christopher McGowan. Christopher. Chris McGowan. I don't yeah, really put Christopher storm, on yeah. here. Yeah, they, have your, they went full name, and you've got Speaker, ABCA National Coach of the Year. Right on. Yeah, welcome. Thank I you. I did so. one of your matches earlier this year, a lot of yeah, fun at yeah. BYU, and you guys, you guys had a great season. We had a
10: wonderful year. It was a really fun year for the program, and uh, as you said, you'd always like to finish with a win, but uh, UCI was great last year. and uh, There's
0: only one team finishing with a win. Only one team finishing, yeah.
10: But it was <laughs> a good year for sure.
0: Tell me about coming into the season, because you didn't have your big opposite, whose name is escaping me right now. Ben Patch. Now. No, uh, yeah, Ben Patch. Still L well from the year before. Okay.
10: Now Ben has gone away. Ben has gone away. It's part of the... Uh, just. Way of doing business at BYU, you understand that's just the landscape that these kids are going to go on these Mormon missions. So he played his freshman year, and uh, we actually tried to talk him into sticking around for two, thinking that uh, he could book in Taylor Sander because it's going to be Taylor's senior season. Yeah, and uh, just felt like the timing for him to go out on that Mormon mission was going to be better if he left now. So he Ohio
0: died. couldn't wait. Columbus,
9: Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. I and mean, the,
0: I know I Born went to Japan. I've heard of people going to Argentina. He goes to Ohio. You know, and that's sort of it's a just country. absolutely perfect because
10: Ben is uh, kind of a fashion guy and real natty dresser was always, you know, on all our road trips, giving everybody else advice on, hey, don't you be wearing cargo shorts and polos. This is what you want to wear, you know. And uh, so it just cracked us up that uh, he was convinced he was going to go to Milan or Paris or, you know, Barcelona, some big international capital, and uh, opened that thing up and it said Columbus, Ohio. And we uh, nice. were like, that's just sweet justice right there. Go get him, big boy. <laughs> so you don't have any control over where you're going? None whatsoever. You what just a, what you tell i hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to serve. Send me where you need me. And they needed Ben in Columbus. It's a great story from him. He was out knocking doors one day. Just, you know, hey, uh, part of missionary life. You're just going around a neighborhood knocking on doors. And uh, he said a girl, a, a teenage girl opened the door and threw it open and was like oh you're ben patch and uh he was thinking that was the greatest thing ever and uh she'd she'd watched him on byu tv playing volleyball she was a high school volleyball player had her friend come over and just meet ben patch and that was just he said it was the greatest thing ever for somebody to throw open the door and know that he was ben patch and uh a
0: little bit different look for him wearing a white shirt and tie but uh neat story so we were talking to uh, Bill Ferguson about kind of the preparation for the season. You guys, this is the end of the season for all the women's coaches. Yep. And you guys, this is the beginning of the season. How, how do you manage this time of the year? You have the holidays and family and everything going on, and then it's got to be on the edge of your mind, the, the desire to get going. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you always wish you had more time in the fall, too. Uh,
10: you just feel like, boy, you know, we need to get better at this and we need to get better at that before. The season actually starts, but uh, it just gets on you in a hurry. And uh, that part of it is a little bit, you know, the, the girls, of course, lose part of the summer and uh, don't get a Thanksgiving necessarily. And just for us, Christmas gets kind of abbreviated and you don't get much of a break. And you hate to do it to the guys, but we're bringing ours back on the 27th. And uh, That's play, quick. We're playing a match that night, actually, against Winnipeg, a team coming down from Canada. And uh, then we go on the road very right next weekend out to uh, the Midwest play Lewis and Loyola, so we're just
0: getting after it in a hurry. But uh, yeah. So the team from Winnipeg is coming down. Will you use the U.S. ball and not the Canadian ball? Oh, absolutely. Please. Absolutely. We're not, I don't know if they not
8: still
10: use it. Doing them any favors. They yeah. still,
0: when we played up there, we would play up there every year, and they played with a ping-pong ball. It was a Tachikara. It weighed two ounces. <laughs> you hit it as hard as you could, and like a balloon filled with helium, it would touch the block and just float and wait for someone to dig it. <laughs> and then we had the molten down here, the Protouch molten which you'd hit and it would break someone's fingers and then go into the crowd. Yeah. How I about know
10: we're going molten this year. Going yeah. molten,
0: right on. Okay. How important is is that kind of competition to bring in maybe a different style of team, like a team from Canada, which won't necessarily play the same as the United States team? You know, not only that, but they've been
10: playing for a while. Their yeah, they starts a little bit earlier. Probably
0: 2 thirds of the way
10: through their conference schedule. You know, their overall schedule, and so they're good right now. They're they're tuned up. They're playing good volleyball, and so that's really important for us to have a team that's you know uh, can play at a high level and come in and just get us going again. And like I said. The guys come back, we've got Servant Pass at 3, and we play a match that night at 7. So it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be ugly on our end a little bit, but uh, it's uh, it's important for us to have those kind of matches
0: to get started. We're here in the Gold Medal Square booth. You're, of course, involved with Gold Medal Square with your father having founded it, and I, I kind of jokingly refer to it now as the Coaching Illuminati.
9: <laughs>
10: nice. The
0: secret to society of coaches, but this booth isn't so secret. I don't understand. It's not fitting with my analogy. <laughs> yes. uh, but. Your dad retired and, and left, but hasn't really left. He just sort of changed what he's doing, and, and he's still around. And how much do you talk to him about what, what you're doing at BYU and your current job? And, and then how much time do you spend with him in the Summers with Gold Medal Square? You know, it's funny. He, he tells everybody, uh, if you can retire, I
10: recommend it because I've loved retirement, you know, and uh, basically it's, just getting, it's him just getting to coach on his own terms. And uh, it's like, okay, if I can retire, I'll keep that in mind there. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he he's our volunteer assistant. And so he's for sure the most overqualified volunteer assistant in the history of coaching. Um, Having somebody like that on your bench and just uh, around the program is it's been amazing. And so uh, we talk about everything and he, he pulls no punches with me. Um, he'll come after practice and he'll say this drill was lousy and the way you coached that was lousy and this was structured funny. That and sounds like him. Lousy. Why, you do a good impression. Why do is this call. guy playing here? And uh, you know you need to get. You know, and so uh, he's he's absolutely uh, frank with me and uh, I've had to adjust to that a little bit because uh, you know sometimes the truth is <laughs> is painful and he'll give it to you unvarnished and but it's I mean it's really really helped my coaching and it's for sure helped our team. You ever toss him? Uh, you know, he tossed himself once last season. Yeah, we—I forget what the discussion was about, but we kind of got fired up before practice, and he took off. <laughs> we and guys were asking where Carl go, and I say, well, you know, he had something come up, and he uh, took his skis and, and <laughs> yeah. left. Uh, he, yeah, it's a sunny day. He's skiing probably here. Yeah, <laughs> but he'll he'll quite frequently do that. He'll uh, he'll ski. Our practice is at three p.m. So fifty the hill, and then. Uh, He'll roll in and, uh, and practice with us. That
0: retirement thing is
10: working it's
3: for him. It's working isn't good.
10: It? Yeah, he, he likes it.
3: We've talked to Bill Ferguson about uh, Christensen and his contribution to the national team. I'm curious, Taylor Sander, in what
0: ways uh, is he going to be able to impact the national team, and how quickly do you think he'll be able to do that? You know, you'd know better than I would, of course, seeing where we're
10: at with pin hitters over there and uh, just how critical they are to the success of a team. Taylor's, I think his strengths are certainly, he's worked a ton on serve-receive and, uh, and he's really good. He's, he's for sure the best in our gym right now with his forearms in serve-receive and uh, with his hands too, for that matter. But uh, he's really good in serve-receive and then he'll hit the BIC as good as anybody you'll see. And he can range that thing around and he sees the block really well. And so, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be a nice presence out of the back row. And then we've been working to try and play a little faster with him on the pin, too, and kind of see where he goes there. But he's, he's just such an incredibly dynamic player in terms of his ability to get off the ground. And, uh, and he's got this nice, whippy arm. And, uh, you know, I think time will tell. Obviously, it's, it's massively competitive in that gym, and, uh, and everybody's shooting for that spot. But uh, I like his chances, and he's a great kid, really, really high-character kid. And he's going to work really hard. And I think uh, he's enjoyed his conversations with you, the time he's got to spend and just kind of learning what it's going to be like to be a professional. And we keep telling him, you know, just hang on for one more semester, baby. You know, be good in our gym, and then you can roll into that life. But uh, he's, uh, I think he's taken a lot of lessons from the conversations you two have had, and uh, he's appreciated that time. But he's kind of understanding there's a whole different demand placed upon you and a whole different ethic. When, uh, you know, when you're a national team guy and, and what that means as opposed to just, you know, I'm playing in college.
3: Sure. And now you've signed his brother.
10: We did. That was a great signing for us. He's also a really nice kid. The family is the best family ever. Um, Kira, the mom, is the sweetest lady you'll ever meet. Steve's a great guy, and so uh, just having them be part of our program for another four years is, is going to be wonderful, that. yeah.
0: Well, Chris, I want to ask you, I know that we've talked to Marv about some of the scholarship issues with him at school and the, the cost of that school. With, with BYU, it always has to be a question of the religion and recruiting players to play there. How much of a impediment is that to your program? You know, it's interesting as I kind of go out, you, you hear all these people talk about,
10: oh, the youth of today, they're, they're, everything's going downhill, and oh, you know, they're, just, they're such a mess. My experience with a lot of the players that we're recruiting is just the opposite, that they're as good a quality people uh, as there ever happened, certainly better than when I was in school and when I was playing. And we find that uh, more and more uh, guys want an environment where there isn't a lot of, I don't know, you know, overhead associated with going to school. That They can focus on volleyball. They can focus on their academics. They can be part of a team that's going to be really, really committed to being great. And all of these guys are going to be of super high high character. And uh, And so we actually sell that, you know, the religion is obviously something that, uh, if you're kind of okay with, then we sell it as a positive. You know, look, uh, you're going to be in this really really nice environment where you're not going to have all the distractions that may happen at another university, and you get to be around wonderful people, wonderful coaches. Uh, you know, this, you know, you're free to kind of just go be great. The relationships you develop there are going to be. Um, you know these kind of deep meaningful relationships and so we've we've had really really positive response from players that aren't uh, that aren't members of the Mormon religion that aren't of you know the LDS faith and uh, I've, I've been really surprised at how little of an issue that's been once you get over kind of the initial hump you know some guys will just tell you hey look part of my university experience is going to be I'm going to sleep with my girlfriend I'm going to drink a lot we're like you know, God BYU's bless you. BYU not for you. Is not, anyway, you know, good luck, and uh, and BYU's not for you, and uh, you're probably not for BYU, and uh, we hope to see you down the road. And uh, but the guys that kind of are saying, no, oh, you know, I'm not so interested in that being the fundamental part of my university experience. This is what I want. Um, BYU's been a really, a really uh, attractive option, and we've had some signings. that guys uh, recently
0: that uh, aren't LDS, but uh, we're having really, really good experiences with them at BYU. When you get to that point, is it more of an issue from the player or more of an issue from the player's parents when it comes to overcoming the the LDS factor?
10: Uh, You know, the parents are even more on board lots of times than the kids. They're saying, boy, just the thought of my son being in an environment where I don't have to worry that he's going to get DUIs, I don't have to worry that I'm Going to have to come to the hospital because he's, you know, gotten alcohol poisoning, and I don't have to worry about all these other things. Uh, you know, th- there's a little bit of I think parent, parental sheltering that they like. All right, this yeah. is this is healthy for my son, and uh, and that's been really good. Clearly, it's a, it's a big deal to get the parents on board, and they have some funny questions. Uh, you know, just because, you know, there isn't a clear picture necessarily of what the church represents or what they've heard about BYU and what they've heard about Mormons. And so yeah. uh, it's fun answering some of those questions sometimes about people's preconceptions and uh, and helping them understand, no, 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 you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, they don't have to ha- marry five girls while they're here at BYU. That, <laughs> is, that isn't part of the deal. You know that, right? Well, uh, for the right
0: guy, that could be a selling point. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Right. It depends on... So, Again, you've got to sell what you have, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, we
10: haven't, we haven't had to sell that.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris McGowan, thanks very much for My coming pleasure. here on the program. Yeah. A lot of fun to, uh, to talk to you, and, you and be here and be a part of what your dad and, and some of the other coaches have put together, really kind of a neat, neat new way to approach the game. All right, and I know thanks. it's developed over, the, over a period of time. And your dad was good, was good for me when he came to the national team at times and, uh, and working with me and <clears throat> simplifying some of the things that I did. I felt like I connected well with some of that philosophy. And, yeah. Uh, Keep doing it. He does have, for sure, an inimitable way, and uh, you know it's nice to hear that you had a positive uh, interaction with him. (laughs) Not everybody. Maybe I had some negatives with him for sure, (laughs) but uh, I I was surprised he could have a positive one with me. We're kind of oil and water when it comes to some of the other ways to approach the game. I remember in college I went over to, to say hi to him or something at the second night of a match. And and I was gonna shake his hand and I think he said, Get out of here <laughs> I, and I didn't know if he was kidding or serious. He's sitting there with Mar. I'm like, Okay
6: <laughs> Yeah, uh,
10: that's that's he's uh, one of the he loves dry humor, sarcasm, yeah. and gets woefully misinterpreted. Lots of the time people would be like, Your dad was I'm like, No, 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 you gotta understand he was having fun and yeah. I'm like that wasn't fun at all. I don't
0: get it, <laughs> so I like, Uh yeah, thank you. No, it's great. It was great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, Chris McGowan, head coach. BYU men going to get underway uh, shortly here. Just a couple of weeks. You heard them right after Christmas. They're back in twenty seventh. Reed pretty you have to come back and and do that. I remember having a practice on Super Bowl Sunday in junior college. I was not happy. Not happy. Only like, it's the Super Bowl. I have played on Christmas like the last like four years. So I don't. Know when I was in Mosaic, I played yeah. on Christmas. Yeah. Speaking of going to Belgium, my first ever overseas volleyball experience was organized by this man, and this man has organized many players' first ever overseas experience. He is the founder of Bring It USA, now been in business 42 years, Ooh. placed, uh, what, 15,671 and a half players overseas. One short guy, Jeremy's size, counts for a half. Uh, Tim Kelly. Howdy. Welcome back is that it's, live. Like it's
4: been a long time. It's
0: always nice to sit down and talk with you. And, and you and I were chatting going I run into you. UCLA, USC. And I we're talking about some efforts you guys have been making on the Bring USA side, the Pac-12 All Stars in China last year. One of your efforts. Yep. You've been running overseas tours for a long time, exposing women in NCAA Division One, Division Two, Division Three II, to the opportunities that are out there in the world. But just announced, you're going to do another Pac-12
4: All Stars. Yes, Tell us a little bit about last year's team, how it went, and this year's upcoming tour. All right. Well, it's a concept that we've been kind of pushing for the last five or six years uh, because it is a way that we thought the schools could pay for their kids to go do something cool, and, and it would help us get a really high, a higher level of, of kids. So Larry Scott, the commissioner of PAC-12, has a China initiative, and it just kind of all worked out that the PAC-12 helped push the schools into this. Um, No one really knew what to expect last year. um, We ended up having an okay team, but we played some of the really top pro teams over there. just got murdered. murdered. (laughs) 0-6, as I recall. Uh, Yes, we were 0-6. I think we scored a total of eight points in the six matches. Um, (laughs) We won one set. Um, The the, the Pac-12 Networks has showed the match. We played Tangent, which was their champions. Uh, Lost 3-1, but one of the losses was also a deuce game, and we had some good runs. The girls really meshed in that match. And uh, so that match showed a handful of times on the Pac-12 networks. Hopefully, some of your listeners got a chance to check that out. Uh, this year, we will have—we uh, just confirmed about two weeks ago—the Chinese junior national team will be in both the tournaments we're playing in, so we'll be able to have a much better shot in some ways. And the Pac-12 coaches are taking it a lot more seriously now, and um, kids closer to the age of the kids you're bringing over. Yeah, and just the—we're trying to go after the best, and really build a good team. You know, hey, we got—we you know, went to Mick and said we want Bricio. She can score, she can play six rotations. Uh, The lack of substitutions doesn't scare her, and she's got an awesome serve. You know, so that's going to help us a lot. Last year, Inky really stood out as, uh, you know, kind of our... Inky, Giannacu, Stanford, middle. Yes, yes, sir. She was there and awesome and uh, kind of man among boys, even against the teams we were playing. And so if we can, you know, elevate across the board, uh, it's going to make us look a lot better, make the Pac-12 look a lot better. Uh, We did shoot a documentary last year that was also on the Pac-12. Every time the match went three, I think they showed it. And I think I heard it aired over 30 times. Um, a good friend of mine that works with the, in the MTV world uh, came along with us and shot that, and I think it came out wonderfully, and that's helped us a lot uh, in moving it forward. Um, you know, we're always looking for sponsors to try to take it to the next level, but it's... Um, Aren't we all? Yeah. Oh, man, I think we're in the exact same boat. That <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, was great. Inky Ajanicu, middle blocker for
0: Stanford. I'm waiting for her sister Blinky <laughs> to, uh, to come in. She's going to be really good.
4: Yeah,
2: there's some very creative naming we can do with that one. Inky, Inky Blinky, Blinky, Blinky and, and... Was it Blue. I'm thinking, ghost? Hang on, what's the thing where it's like something something and nod?
0: No, it's anti children's rhyme. Inky Blinky and there were characters. Inky the Blinky. ghosts in Pac Man.
2: So oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I got you. The memory range.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sometimes the references don't connect with everybody on the program. one's that way.
2: Generational gap over here. Sorry, guys.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it, it had to be a really cool experience for these women because I know even Courtney, as in the documentary Court and Spark, that she didn't realize the world that was out there. Even in college, you didn't really realize the wider world of volleyball that's out there. What were some of the reactions from the play you took to China, who maybe is their first exposure to this is what international volleyball looks like, this is how it's played, this is what the level looks like?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, you tell them we, we, this is what we do for a living, expectation management, with all the different tours we run, whether it's a college team or, or a group of girls or guys looking for a team, is you, you try to explain this is going to be different, this is going to be different, and, and they listen, but they don't hear you, and they don't get it, and when they get there, they're blown away. And you probably felt that at one time as well. Oh, yeah. But on this thing, yeah, you have kids coming from, uh, you know, pretty backgrounds. They're at schools with money. They're treated extremely well. And they think that volleyball is the volleyball that they know. So you get over there and you've explained there's no subs. You've explained what FIVB rules are. But it doesn't really hit them until they're in the game and they shank a couple balls and the coach can't take them out. You know, or if they come <laughs> out, they're not coming back in. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we, um, on this trip we were supposed to go to Shanghai for the first half and then Beijing for the second and our Chinese host there had a, had a little switch-up. We ended up in a little town called Huayan. Uh, they, they said we were going to a village, and they apologized because there was only 3.75 million people in the village. Um, <laughs> Everything's relative. The wonderful thing was as we were pulling into town, and I'm not lying, all four corners of the, of the main intersection had a Starbucks. So the, the girls were fine. There was a McDonald's and a Pizza Hut, but it was a little bit more of a rundown hotel we were in. Some of the meals they provided were uh, ghetto Chinese, and some of the girls struggled with that. But that's the stuff that makes you stronger. And you go home and, you know, we often say the, the worst something is that happens on tour, the better story it is and the better memory it is yep. when you get home. So they all made it through. They bonded pretty well. It was a pretty homogenous group of girls there with really good attitudes, uh, a couple of real good leaders. You know, we had Hagland and Kelly Reeves and some other people that just were having a blast and bringing everyone together. Mick did a great job uh, with Jen and Beth. Being there, they're, they're all people that have traveled a fair bit. Beth Lanier. And Beth and Lanier from Utah, yeah. Nick Haley was our head coach from yep. FC and Jen Greeney from uh, Washington State. Right. Um, Heather Perry from the Pac-12 was our liaison and worked tirelessly, uh, just a pleaser, did so much, and uh, she's really been integral in the whole thing, and, and I actually want to give her a shout-out for pushing all these coaches. This year, you know, we had the Pac-12 media night on Wednesday and wanted to announce everything. We wanted to have the team done. Uh, Jimmy Max a little tough to get a hold of during season so that didn't happen and uh, Dunning was a little bit slow to the punch as well going deeper into the tournament so we didn't, we didn't pull it off but we should have the team announced on Monday or Tuesday uh, right now, the only confirmations that are 100% are Breece from SC and uh, the Libro Benson from Oregon. And the coaching staff, of course, we have Jim Moore and States and Metro from Oregon and Sherita Stubbs from Arizona.
0: Yeah, my first experience was playing a Christmas tournament over there in Belgium, in Antwerp. over Molen. I was on the other Victim I was over uh, on the national team already, but I had not gone and played internationally. And I remember watching Max from Brazil and Dimitri Fomin from Russia just going off on each other in that tournament. And that was, okay, there's a
4: whole other level that you have to get to. Yes, I remember that well. Those guys were very, very good. And I remember we had some younger guys than you, Gabe Gardner and Millar, I think. Yeah, Ryan Millar was there. Gabe Gardner
0: uh, was there. People had some big eyes. We had Bob Samuelson with us. Yes, we did. He got offered a pro contract after going off during the (laughs) tournament, playing very well. Uh, Well, good. Hey, Tim, thanks for being here once again. All right. Hey, I want to throw one 30-second Yeah, please do if I missed something. Two
4: weeks ago, we were on our January tour every year. This year it's January 5th to 15th, and it's for all the girls that want to go learn about playing pro or that want to play right now and get picked up in the second half. Two weeks ago, the national team staff called me from Italy and asked me, because, of course, it would be so easy to just move it up three days, can I bring the best 12 girls from that group and land in Rome on the second to play in a televised tournament? It's called the the Mimo Fusco Trophy. He was the guy that brought right television to volleyball back in the 70s or 80s, which is what helped blow up Italian volleyball, yep. and uh, so they do a memorial for him, it's televised, and Eurosport picks it up, so it's everywhere in Europe, and they want us to play the Italian U23 te- uh, national team, uh, Frosinone which is an A1 team with Rachel Kidder on it, and USC Munster, one of the top German teams with Ashley Benson on it, uh, so I, of course, agreed, why not try to do something crazy, Yeah, and we're gonna, we got a bunch of the girls that change tickets, we got a couple new girls that are going just for that, and I still need a, another setter and a good passing legitimate six-rotation outside hitter. So if there's anyone out there that wants to fly out on January 1st, land in Rome on the 2nd, play in this televised tournament against awesome teams, and then jump right onto the January tour from there, we have space, please give me a holler. Can they have NCAA eligibility you left? You know what? It would be a gray area, but I believe so because no one is being paid to play. There will be some pros with us, but they're not being paid by me to play in that event. So right. an undergrad could go. So if there's an undergrad out there that's good and – their parents want to buy them a plane ticket. They've got to pay their own airfare. Um, but, so if you're a coach and need a hold of Tim Kelly, how do they do it? Uh, bringitusa.com. Or just, um, you, you know, they all know somebody that knows my number. It wouldn't be that hard. Okay. Just yeah, Google search Tim Kelly or bring it Promotions.
0: Bring it Promotions. Go to bringitusa.com and sign your player in for what could be a, a great life-changing experience. Yes, I'm in.
4: Cool. And thank you for letting me throw that out there. Thank cool. you, gentlemen. Tim
0: Kelly, thanks again. Tim Kelly, Bring It USA, man. We are rolling here. Jeremy, let's take a short break just to give us a moment. We've been through some people here, and I see session ending. I see a lot of guys here. Thanks, Tim. I got uh, Dan Friend is out here wandering around. We got a lot of guys and great coaches, great women out here learning. Looks like the session's over. We're starting to come to the end of an evening as we're creeping up on the start of Court and Spark, a volleyball documentary. It's going to premiere tonight. And they are bringing you this program, the Net Live, live from the Gold Medal Squared booth here in Seattle. We'll be right back with more Net Live. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a professional volleyball player? Have you ever wondered what it's like to try and become an Olympian? Court and Spark, the new volleyball documentary, gives you a view into the rarely seen world of professional volleyball. Shot during the lead-up to the 2012 Olympic Games, Court and Spark follows the ascension of Courtney Thompson from Seattle teenager to Olympic medalist. Follow her as she travels the world working to learn her craft and learn about herself. In addition, you'll hear from some of the all-time great coaches and personalities in the sport. Court and Spark, of volleyball documentary. back to the net live special court and spark edition volleyball movie that is going to premiere right after our event here inside the gold medal squared booth man we are killing off some time it goes by when you have marv dunphy sit down when you have all kinds of other coaches tim kelly sitting down ray gooden sitting down robbie poliza sitting down i mean chris mcgowan the list goes on i was talking to eric sato earlier we're going to have him at some point coming up shortly in the new year uh we'll have eric sato if he doesn't come back even while we're here now and just unbelievable the amount of people in the volleyball world that you can you can talk to and if you're here don't be debstatic <laughs> don't be intimidated by the fact that it's karch karai he's just a person and matter of fact he's older than you so talk to him and just say hey karch what's up dude
2: what's up how you doing See, such a simple question. I was gonna try to be way too smart with it.
0: Yeah, and then you might fumble over it like me in <laughs> the question was documentary. It? You, you know, with? I
2: had something in my head beforehand. I don't remember what it was. Something, because I met him. Something quick and witty, honestly. Yeah, you know, obviously, because that's yeah. really my thing. Um, yeah, but nothing came out. I, I think I said hi, and then I asked if I could get a picture with him, which they also told you not to do at the newbie <laughs> seminar. I was nah, breaking every single rule yeah. I could find to break. Yeah,
0: don't take a picture with the most famous guy in I don't. You have States. to do yeah, that. I'm don't sorry. do that. Hey, we have the ABCA College Football Weekly. We've been doing it all year. We have everybody here. And we sat at the match. All of us were at the semifinals last night. And the semifinals delivered everything no one expected. It was unbelievable. Wisconsin comes to play. Now, we've talked to Wisconsin. we talked to Kelly Sheffield and said, hey, how do you feel about being the underdog? Said, hey, we're going to come and play our game. They did just that. Deb, give me your analysis of the 3-1 Wisconsin victory over Texas.
2: Yeah, you know, Wisconsin just does such a good job doing their thing and just kind of sticking with it. And I think something that we saw last night, you know, Texas was trying to do some things and it wasn't working for them. And then they would make an adjustment and Wisconsin was right there adjusting right back at them. And I felt like they're, you know, they have those three defensive players in the back row and they were just driving Texas nuts. It was probably one of the best defensive performances I've seen all year. And then you have this little 5-8 outside. I Morales. It's crazy to me. I don't know how she does it, but she's a fun player to watch. She just has that little spark in her. She just lights up. There's a quote. I'm going to find this quick. Yeah,
0: she did did not hit for a high percentage, but, boy, she killed some important balls. It's not necessarily all the time about your percentage in big matches and big moments. It's what do you do when your team has to have the point. She put that final point away. She did put the final point. But that wasn't the only big one she put away throughout the match. Yeah, but, I mean, when you go back – you saw it on Sports Center last night, which is awesome. Again, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to see that, everybody kind of knew where that ball was going, and they were throwing it out. 5'8 might be generous, too, okay? Yeah, that's then with roster height, 5'8". Volleyball height. They were throwing the ball to a 5'8 outside hitter to go to the national championship. Everybody in the arena knew it. They went to her before, uh, and it that was the cool part about it. And uh, ball ricochets, rockets off the back, you know, goes past the block, hits the back row, all into the crowd. Kelly Sheffield, full sumo squat, sumo
2: squat, squat. emotion yeah. awesome. <laughs> <Wide. Zero laughs> right there.
0: I would love to uh, had a heart monitor on him. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he
2: might have been near dead.
0: I mean, because at the end of set three, I'm sure he's thinking, "We got to win it now." Yeah, yeah. you know. Right? And I he thought not. they
2: had to win it. And by the oh, way so I did everybody sure else in the building. In Oh yeah.
0: So yeah. then, you know, for them to lose set 3 and a comeback because they were down by four or five points and and 3-0 to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game and four. They yeah. And they fought back. And they had match point the whole set. They had match point. Uh and then the, you know, to go through it again. Right.
5: Gosh. And
2: Texas isn't one of those teams where you can just expect to get opportunity after opportunity. You kind of have to expect it when it's on your doorstep and to come back after not necessarily finishing the way that they wanted to and just to keep going at it. That's a whole other level of mental toughness right there. I felt like if, if, and I said this when somebody
0: I was sitting next to, we were sitting there watching the end of it and of the third set, kind of towards the end of the third set, and I said, boy, if they don't get in the third set, I don't like their chance much if it gets to five. If it gets to five, I think Texas wins. And I was really impressed with the way that Wisconsin played that fourth set. Because they weren't leading the whole time. They had to come back. And in fact, they had what well, they were down, I think, 21-18 or 21, yep. something like that. Right. Texas is into the 20s. They're a couple points back. Here comes Wisconsin marching. And they just recaptured that moment. They, they were not scared. They were not intimidated. They they never they, backed down. Never. Right. They were just angry little badgers in turtlenecks. <laughs> it was awesome. Which you got a photo of said badger with said turtleneck. After You're said welcome. Two. Yeah. Jeremy and I go down. We have to wait because Bucky's taking a break. They told me he'd get so sweaty Smoke break that they have loses. to switch out costumes. Yeah. Like with all the push-ups. If they score like 50 points, he has to do push-ups every single time he oh, scores. Wow. And in August, August and September heat in Wisconsin, they actually have to switch out and wring out the costume because it's so Kevin, hot. Kevin, not only be wearing a costume, but he's also wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> okay? Double whammy right there. Throw that out there. Fur and a turtleneck. Yeah. We need to, Barnett. We need to get you somehow in somebody's mascot costume, like him in the costume. Let the record reflect oh, yes. that I have played Does the it six fit man. In the costume, I have him. played the yeah. six man in the Fresh Brothers Pizza Slice costume. Oh. I played setter, and I had on the car- the cartoon hands. Now I'm inside the slice. Yes. All it is is a big piece of pizza with just your face sticking out. There's nothing sticking out. You're behind a white grate, basically. No
2: pepperoni eyes or like anything? Like cheese? No. You're behind the cheese? <laughs> I don't. It's just a little <laughs>
0: white grate. So I'm playing setter. I see the ball pass. I turn. I look up to see the ball, and the sun glints off the white grate. It's oh. gone. So I take my best guess. You have huge hands, by the way, at that huge point. Huge cartoon hands. in handy. I take my best guess. I fling the ball in the air, and I go from standing to completely flat <laughs> pizza on the, on the sand. Crowd dies laughing. Set goes past the antenna. Yeah. But it was a great moment. I think that year... Were here to witness this? I'm going to throw Lots. it out there that the yeah. year six that man, you yeah, did pass. that, uh, the team I played on beat you in the finals. It was the year after that I wore the Slice costume. No. Well, I actually played on it. in the back row, in the Slice <laughs> costume, digging balls for like half the tournament. Yeah, it wasn't the Fuller Bear. The Fuller Bear played in the Bear see, costume. See, that costume you could play in because Andrew Fuller is seven foot six, and you could fit in his costume. You can see. All right, so match number one. Big surprise to a lot of people. Not not only that Wisconsin won. I think people thought like Wisconsin has a chance, but the way they did it, they controlled that match. Setting up match number two. All that excitement, it was only four thirty when that match started. <laughs> it's like ah! Kelly Sheffield going crazy, You're like, look at your watch. Man, it's like six o'clock. Home team, six it is sold team. out in the Key Arena. Key arena is mm-hmm. packed, yep. it is purple, it Loud. is purple out. Not a blackout, not a whiteout, a purple out. Purple rain. Purple Ooh. rain. R-E-I-G-N. Oh, Seattle. You like that. Boom. Purple Nine rain. Hold little on. P- little play on Prince. <laughs> that is a... Uh, hey, by the way, I found a purple suit purple today. Purple rain. For our purple, purple rain, rain night. Purple rain. Don't, you like that? You, know, we tonight, you bought don't a Don't for tonight? No, yeah, I, I found a purple suit when... You know, we've had a whiteout. We've had a whiteout night. And I yep. wore at coaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a purple head rain. Head to toe. Purple rain. Head to toe, white suit. White shirt, white Winter tie. Winter white or summer white? No. Winter. Winter white is a little bit mean. Yeah. No. no, no, no. This is summer. white. bright white. Pre-Labor Day white is what you're saying. Crisp Labor <laughs> okay. Day. Just yeah. making sure. We're on I'm the same just day. saying, how cool would it be purple. if I went purple rain, so everybody in the, the you know, we, yeah. our uh, colors, colors are purple yep. and gold. Yeah. If everybody was wearing purple and I rolled out purple on purple on purple. I like it. As, as long, long as you're not too. wearing eight-inch heels like Prince wears, then I think you're good to go. Well, well, what to about a, a pimp hat? Talk, oh, talk be to awesome. Ben Deepa yeah, Mamba. See if you can you get the... yourself some purple <laughs> yeah. Cole Haan wingtips with soles. done. We, pull, so we put, you, them on the, yeah. put them online. Took a photo. All right. See if you can make that happen. Next match, Washington. Well, first of all, Penn State comes out. The Boo Birds are on them. Loved it. As you called it, the evil empire. The evil yeah. empire <laughs> comes out and gets booed. Of course, Russ Rose, Darth Vader. Oh, for sure. The New York Yankees. <laughs> yeah.
1: So then Where the Yankee blue comes
0: out, way. goes crazy, and that was their best moment all night. Because ah, I look place. up in set number one after talking to somebody, and it is 20 to 9. Check that. You have to remember, they were up 11 to 8. And 10-6, ten, ten wasn't it? They were up 11 to 8. Penn State. No, 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 no. Washington, Washington. Washington was up eleven to eight. Oh. Hancock comes back to serve, she served out. roughly ten balls. Yeah. Oh, Russ, yeah, crazy. The left-handed girl. Yeah. 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 Yep. Hello. We were watching her from that end a couple of times. We were watching her going away. It and was you a can weird see, angle. It looks like Sartoretti, long longtime opposite played till he was forty in Italy, killed us in a match in two thousand four in Athens. He's hitting the ball. Same thing. From the left hand around from the left hand side of the of the service line, weird angle, just It's trailing away. So if you're receiving the ball, it's actually coming from your right to your left, which is odd, and it's trailing to your left hand side. And she was just a lot of what chesties. You, you don't yeah. see
1: chesties. She much. had
0: pace on the thing. Yeah. Oh, you don't see chesties much on serve receive. You know, in the yeah. women's game, yeah. no, no, you don't see it. But I mean, the ball was getting up into the chest neck region on these. You know, the libero and, and the it's outside It's got the hitter. spin. It's got the heat. So these girls couldn't even get out of the way of it. It was nasty. Now, I, I thought going in, we, I think we all picked Penn State. But coming into the match, I said, this is going to be a really good match. I think this could go five. And then?
2: Right. And I think it's weird because everyone thought that was going to be the match. And you kind of feel like during that Wisconsin game, everyone is just sitting there kind of thinking, let's get this over with. Let's get on to the good stuff. And Wisconsin comes out and does that you wonder how much that serving run that she goes on early really just changed the whole entire tempo, mm. pace, feel of the game. Oh, yeah. If you get back there in serve receive, and there's nothing you can do, and you can't get out of system, and you can't get going, you just start feeling like you have no hope. And the mentality of that, knowing you're playing in front of this huge, intense home crowd, it's a lot of pressure I'll for take, a team.
0: I'll take it one step further. There is a media timeout at
2: mm-hmm. 15. Yep.
0: So if neither team, score, or neither team right. calls right. a television timeout. timeout right. Must love those. You get it. And at that point, McLaughlin is waiting, you know, hey, well, you know, if, if we go on a run, we, we want to save that timeout. Yeah. You know, he can't. Right. So she goes back to serve 11-8, 11-7, whatnot. He has to call the first timeout at 12-11. So, again, the girls know it, things like that, you know, first set at 15-11, he has to call another timeout. So now he's blown his timeout. You don't get the media timeout. Right. And, and, next, and then she comes back and serves two more balls. It's defeating.
2: It's demoralizing yeah. entirely.
0: And then in the second set, you know, same thing. They went on this huge run. You look up, it's 17-7 seven or whatnot. It, what impressed me in that second set was the efficiency and transition yeah. of Penn State. Every time the ball went to their side, they came back and took a hard whack at yeah. it. Do you think that Penn State saw what happened to Texas in the first match? Like, look, Texas should was favored no, in that match. won. you don't won. watch that. No, you're warming up. You're in your own zone. But you, they, they lost. Yeah, but so they do they come that. out and go, we're not even going to give this other team a chance. We have to jump on them right away? You know, Russ, Russ kind of poo-pooed what I said about the way that they played Utah. Mm-hmm. But they came out and played that way against Washington. They just destroyed them. It's Penn State.
2: Yeah, well, and I think I was talking to someone about this earlier. I think what was more in their head is the disappointment from last year as much yeah. as – what's going on with the other teams this year. You know, they're, they're coming off an incredibly disappointing loss, and I know that they must be talking a lot about making sure that they're not beating themselves. If they're going to lose, making sure that they got beat, and they weren't looking like they were anything close to getting beat last night. You Who's playing Van Halen? You might that, hear right? in the
0: background, we've got Van <laughs> Cause Halen who's going. Because who's jumping? That's they, my, got, they got the tournament going on. Well, the, yeah, this is it. This is a, a fun night here at convention. They have a tournament going on. They have a coach's social that's going to be happening here. They're we're blaring Van Halen right now. They're they are rocking it out, I'm kind Jeremy. Kind of okay with it. But I don't know where they are. Because <laughs> none of their speakers are facing me, so I don't know where it's coming from. And as soon as it started, Jeremy, it, it was almost like a challenge. He's like, oh. Yeah. What, well, right now, right now their speakers are bigger than mine because <laughs> I have no speakers, so they win. You know, going back to Penn State, this is exactly what we've been talking about the last four or five weeks is the idea of they're not just winning – they're beating people down, and, and again, yes. to do it against Ohio State and, and some of the teams, and no disrespect, obviously to the Big Ten, but to do it against Washington, in Washington, home crowd in front of everybody. Purple I Ring. mean, honestly, I turned to somebody I forget who I was sitting next to, and I said, in the second set, do you just sub all six
4: and <laughs> say, hey,
0: listen, Start let's over. give them just a little, else out there yeah, let's give happen. them a little bit of rest. We'll go into the break. I mean, because there was nothing. Right. You know, hey, let's get them at rest. Maybe it wakes them up, and you never see that. You know, you see that in basketball every once in a while. Hey, sub all five. Send a little message. Maybe I would the love. Second, maybe the second unit steps in and yeah, gets give them a little, little experience, bit, you know. experience, whatnot. I'll tell you what. I might have done it. I was to say, as a coach, like, do you think that'd be demoralizing to your starters, or you're like, look, you sit down. No. And you can think what's you, happened you, to you? You can, you can bring them back. Okay. I think they because know. they, they already know. They're already demoralized. Yeah, they yeah, know. They know. <laughs> Plus, you, get, you have that little break. So, you, you know, as they come out, you say, hey, listen, we've got to get some stuff together. Yeah. Think about it. Let's get into the break. Let's figure it out, and let's go. Gotcha. Uh, it, would, it, would, it would be a very interesting move. I, mean, I think Coach Van Halen is... is rocking right now. Sorry, yeah, like, are they in I here? Like, I like Van Halen. I'm sorry, by the way. I'm sorry, Brandon, but are they in here right now? That'd be awesome. <laughs> this is my Midwest roots here. Look at Deb's kind of got it going. I'm like out. I'm, I'm in. Deb might be I'm a little be too lift. young.
2: For Van Halen. I, I'm, I'm pushing it, but
0: I heard a story,
2: but you know what it is? I do. Okay. I have, I have an awareness.
0: Sorry, We're Deb, I want you to understand that we pick sorry, on you Brandon, because we like you. We beautiful. pick on people that we like around here. I heard a story last night about you Ooh. and the Rolling Stones. Oh, oh no. Hey, now. Who were you talking to? Uh, people that were, shall remain nameless. Okay. Uh, but I heard that you are or were unaware of who Mick Jagger was. <laughs> and then, okay, I understand. Because He's a when... weird-looking, effeminate 1970s singer. I understand right. why you might not know who That one's is. understandable. But when someone then said the lead singer of the Rolling Stones, you had an equally dumbfounded look. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think my actual first line was, isn't that a magazine? And then I just hooted and hollered at. It did not go well.
0: This is just right after she just said, <laughs> oh, I've, got, I've got some knowledge. Total sarcasm. Total this sarcasm.
2: story comes right after it. <laughs> I am so far from having is knowledge. is Isn't that a
0: magazine?
2: <laughs> yes. The yes. An- yes, the answer is yes,
0: it is. You're sporting a rainbow loom bracelet over here, Brandon. That's awesome. Hey, Hey, I've got a bazillion of those. I am sponsored by Jake Rosenthal, my 8-year-old daughter. I'm Uh, sponsored uh, by by Max Barnett, my 8-year-old son, who makes some wicked patterns. Yeah, she's got an enterprise going. Yeah, (laughs) he does too. And I fully support it. (laughs) It's like a Chinese sweatshop in his room. I fully... He's the only employee. Can you buy them online? Should we put up a link on our Facebook page? We'll send them to you. That's funny. You can pick your own colors. I keep keep wanting him to make... Like Purple. a fancy one for me because I have mm-hmm. some basic fishtails. That's what that's called, fishtail. <laughs> Kevin needs a dress one that he can wear to the black tie event. Tonight. I wanted a right.
2: yeah. black and white action he makes
0: this really gnarly big wide one that looks awesome. and like golden gray. It looks great. And I'm like, can I get that made? He's like, no, I got too many orders. I got to make this one. <laughs> and then I got to make one for mom. That's and then I got to make one for, for my kid, you know, my buddy at class. I'm like, dude. You go in there during the week. It's like a sweatshop. He's got yeah. like five or six of his buddies from he school. He needs to there. hire some kids from school. Here's what you, he exactly. you need to do. He's printing out for put a $5 bill on his bed, and said, hey, I'm a paying customer. I'm going to the front of the line. Uh, (laughs) This is how it's done. Don't spend this all in one place. That's a great idea. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pay for a bracelet. I'm going to get my bracelet made. That's going to happen. Hey, we're still here. The special Court and Spark edition of the Net Live. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back and wrap it up here. here from Seattle. This is uh, this is an event you want to come to. We say it every year. We admonish you every year for not being here, especially you, Jay Hosick, who is not here. But thanks for coming last. He's week. in Mexico sipping on uh, drinks with umbrellas. Roughly, that might be a little better. Yeah, but we're all here.
4: Steb, Brandon,
0: Kevin, Reed, and Jeremy holding it down. We'll have more net live for you in just a moment. Come to
1: stand, not come.
0: Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a professional volleyball player? Have you ever wondered what it's like to try and become an Olympian? Court and Spark, the new volleyball documentary, gives you a view into the rarely seen world of professional volleyball. Shot during the lead-up to the 2012 Olympic Games, Court and Spark follows the ascension of Courtney Thompson from Seattle teenager to Olympic medalist. Follow her as she travels the world, working to learn her craft and learn about herself. Here from one of the all-time great coaches and personalities in the sport, Court and Spark, a volleyball documentary. Welcome back to the NetLive, brought to you by Court and Spark, a volleyball documentary that is going to premiere right after this event. We're here at the Gold Medal Squared booth. Kevin Barnett, DJ Jeremy Rocher, Reed Pretty, Brandon Russell, and Deb Static all holding it down. We have had, as always at this event, a wide-ranging and varied guest list. Jamie Gordon from Moorhead State, Robbie Poliza from Arkansas. We had Tim Kelly of Bring It Promotions, Marv Dunphy of Pepperdine University, Chris McGowan of BYU. We had Bill Ferguson of the USC. Well, I guess that's Ohio State. We could just have it yeah. USC. Uh, we also had DJ Ray. DJ Ray, fellow DJ, uh, fellow uh, musical he's maestro. D- he's a real DJ. We're going to bond afterwards. He, he does weddings and things like that. Uh, Ray Gooden from Northern Illinois. He also had, uh, we had Courtney Thompson. Yeah, thank you. Courtney Thompson. We- oh, yeah. it's was like three hours Nobody ago. That was, that was a long time ago. Forever ago, and I'm looking out over the crowd. Still great people here, having a good time, enjoying the festivities that are here in Seattle. It is warm inside, although it is freezing cold outside. No, last night, Kevin, in the thirty, yeah, about an inch of snow on the ground this morning as I was heading off to do a local podcast. It was not pretty, not pretty at all. I ran this morning. Interesting in the
2: perception of cold coming from all the California boys oh, 100%. here. Oh, 100 throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I'm I, lost. I am freezing. <laughs> I'm tougher
1: than Have Jeremy still.
0: But I am not as hardcore as I used to be when I lived in the Midwest. Yeah, this is capri weather.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Static didn't even bring a jacket. No, it's I your program. Yeah, it is. Reed and That's I walked five blocks to breakfast today. Yeah? It's cold. It cold. I, I, I felt. I How were the sides of your head there, Mr. Mohawk? I had a beanie on and my hood because my hair didn't need to look fresh this morning. So I, I wore a beanie. The, uh, I said it yesterday. We're walking back to the I was like, oh, the cold's not bad. It's not that windy. Of course, walking down to the pier today, it was right. It was like a wind tunnel. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of fresh, we need fresh predictions. Ooh. My bracket gone. Yep. Not so looking good. I have one team in the finals <laughs> in my bracket. <laughs> Penn State. Yep. So, Penn State taking on Wisconsin. Two teams intimately familiar with one another. Remember, Penn State number one in the Big Ten. Yes. Yep. And Wisconsin number four in the Big Ten. What Deb? What's the record and how did the matches go as they played this year? I have not looked it up. I, do we need to look it up? too.
2: Yeah, it was pretty brutal both times. Okay, um,
0: Penn State. Yeah. Penn, you just no discussion.
2: No, I'm saying Penn oh, State won are, both of them. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Now, so who's who's going to win the third <laughs> matchup? Something about the team the third time. Wisconsin looking pretty good. The Badger going crazy. They have the band here. What's going to happen? Anyone? Anyone? I want to pick Anyone. Wisconsin so bad. Your boy is Kelly Sheffield. I, 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 I said it on the show last week. I said, hey, this is going 4-5. or five. I almost changed my mind mm-hmm. and because I, I think Sheffield does a great job. But I'm going to stick to this. I have picked Penn State all year long. I said, hey, these are the numbers. It's in the way they play. Again, Penn State did not look that way last week in Lexington they looked dominating they looked like rosenthal back in 94 <laughs> when i came to pepperdine this McCaw set me and i how many which time the first or the second time well, He set me one time i put away, you know i put the ball away and i just basically walked off career over yeah i mean <laughs> so mark mark so said hey off. listen <laughs> this is not your level, let's go to the national team, let's get this. And I walked off. I walked off. A walk-off swing in practice one time. Yeah, that's all I needed. But Uh, Penn State. All right, I'm I'm giving it to you here. Before we go forward, Wisconsin versus Penn State on October 12th. This was the first meeting between these two teams. Wisconsin at that point, number 19. It was in three... Penn State, 22-17-21. That was match number one. Match number two, later in the season, was in Madison, Wisconsin. It was on November 15th, the last time these two teams met. And Penn State was on a winning streak. They won, at that point, it was 14 straight. 23-25, and that would be 27-25, boys and girls, at 16. So it was done in three. It wasn't easy. What happens the third time, gets Static?
2: I, I think we still have to stick with Penn State. I think
0: that don't mentality. tell me
2: what to do. I'm sticking with Penn State. You okay. can do whatever you want. Um, that mentality where I don't think they're going to beat themselves, I think Texas had more of a capability to beat themselves, kind of like we saw earlier on in the year against Arizona State. They can self-implode, and Wisconsin's good at exploiting some of that, and they're good at making those adjustments. I-, I don't know what adjustments you can make when you're playing Penn State when they have all of those different people coming at you with the aggression that they showed last night.
0: I'll tell you what adjustments you can make. You could play Sugar Ray and completely demoralize them. <laughs> That's what you could do. And we're hearing in the background, should they go, should Wisconsin go Sean Galooli? Should they hire Sean Galooli this evening before the match starts to go after Micah? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Tonya Harding, Nancy
2: Kerrigan, no. Sean Galulli. with the metal on the pipe. Show
0: sometimes Kevin brings references that nobody's paying attention to. With Nobody the metal pipe watches. into Nancy Kerrigan, and let me reenact a famous moment in Olympic history. Why? 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 So basically, you're advocating for somebody to hurt college kids' chances to win a national championship. I didn't advocate. I asked. Kind of what it they? sounded like. You were free to say no, Jeremy, or. <laughs> Say yes. Go with your inner demons and say yes. <sighs> they have a 30 for 30 special coming up with that. Really? Yeah. Right on. Will they cover the really horrible sex tape? Uh, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, have, or, no one knows what he's talking or about. Or Tanya Hardy <laughs> fight career. Boxing career. Dude, that was unbelievable. Celebrity boxing. Celebrity. Yeah. Boxing career. Can we? Let's get back to it. Penn State. That's my prediction. Penn State. I, I want to pick Sheffield. I want the Badger because you got... Maybe it's the photo. Maybe you need to take another photo with the Badger. I am going to stick with the Badger. I'm taking Wisconsin. Just because it's wearing a turtleneck. Me? Listen, my first trip to BYU with the national team... No, pardon me. With Pepperdine, I thought, hey, we're going to some cold weather. I can break out the Midwest clothes. I brought the white turtleneck. Nice. And the the brown plaid shirt. I come down in the lobby... CJ Chris Jacobson, now of Top Chef fame, looks at me and goes, "What are you in a ski lodge?" <laughs> nice. Oh I'm a hu- and, this flies in the Midwest. What do you mean? And just for everybody else out there that's never seen Kevin in person, his gear is still the same. Like it has. Now he does not necessarily wearing that, but like he hasn't upgraded his style. Let's I just dress like Reed it. pretty. We both dress like we're 22. But somehow it works for Reed. It doesn't work for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> First of all, you're wearing black and blue. Yeah? That's all I had. I only had a blue shirt. That's all I have to say. (laughs) You're wearing black and blue. Done. Who's your pick? Oh, because he just murdered out his top half? Great. Why don't you wear black pants, too, Reed? All right, listen. (laughs) Let's get to my... Who I'm rooting All right. for. I'm taking I the Badgers. I'm on obviously. record. Yeah, yeah, Me and Bucky powering the Badgers to the victory. Read pretty. I'm rooting for the fans. I'm rooting for the fifth God. Set. Here comes down the middle. Ooh. I can't offend anybody. <laughs> Read pretty. No, no. I, I just want this to go the distance. I want it to go to the fifth set. Kind of like that final a couple of years ago between Penn State, Texas. Yeah. yeah that was, fun. Mm-hmm. That was great for volleyball. That was fun to watch. That, that was. was engaging for the the non volleyball fan and that's what I'm rooting for now that Washington's not in it you know and uh, it's in their home home gym you know it'd be nice to see just a really good game go down the wire and I think the longer it goes um, the longer it goes I I could go either way I like uh, I like Russ Rose because he smokes cigars and
3: I've never seen maybe other things I don't know that
0: I've ever seen a head coach be as relaxed and I think that translates.
3: Uh, into
0: the team I, I learned something today <laughs> Yes Marijuana Now legal to have Here cool. in In Washington Okay Not legal to smoke In public Okay What is the fine For getting caught Smoking in public Which by the way They've actually said The city council said And I think the governor said We don't, really don't want you Enforcing this But if you this Don't make too many arrests Is this just a guess What is the fine 20 bucks $27. What? Nice. $27. It's really going to d-
9: deter people. I
0: wondered if you can bargain with a cop that's like, dude, I got 26
3: and 15 cents. Will you take it?
9: We were walking back from
0: Pike Place Market today, and, I mean, no joke, two guys in front of us. We're just walking, two guys in front of us walking, blow the smoke, yeah. into the wind tunnel, yeah. and, I mean, we're just... <laughs> I, See, contact not, high. I don't need to get your... Cigarette smoke, any of your smoke. I don't want any of your smoke no, I mean, at all whatsoever. It, I walked into a brick wall. <laughs> I mean, when you, you got your head right. down and, and whatnot, you just walked into a brick wall. Thanks for listening to the Net Live. I want to make sure everyone knows Reed Pretty is cheering for world peace, <laughs> uh, as well as a cure to cancer, in addition to uh, good volleyball. We are wishing good volleyball for the people of Seattle. We hope they turn as they did last night. We hope they show up for the national championship match. The Wisconsin Badgers taking on... The Penn State Nittany Lions, I don't know, mascot challenge. It's, it's, it's dicey because mm-hmm. it's, it's a refined lion, and there's nothing refined about an actual badger. He's wearing a turtleneck. He is wearing a turtleneck. We want to thank all the guests we had here, Courtney Thompson, who came on the program, Marv Dunphy, Robbie Pulitzer, Ray Gooden, Tim Kelly, Chris McGowan. We want to make sure we thank Court and Spark, a Volleyball a Documentary, for making this show possible And we want to thank Gold Medal Squared for hosting us, having us here in Seattle. Thanks to the entire volleyball community for supporting this program. Thanks to you for listening. We've had a great time for Dev, for Jeremy, for Reed, for Brandon, and the entire NetLive crew. I'm Kevin Barnett saying goodbye, and we will see you in 2014. Have a good Christmas, everybody.